Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. But folks, it's been 24 hours of what you might call a shock and awe strategy. From the judge himself, the president, the White House communications team, and Republican leadership in the Senate, seemingly all in an attempt to shore up the GOP base, which doesn't necessarily make Kavanaugh more confirmable as far as the middle of the country is concerned. But this is a base strategy right now. The airways are awash in a Trump-style playbook of denials, counter-strikes, claims of a vast left-wing conspiracy, and overt attacks on Kavanaugh's accusers. And there were Always moments in that there. interview last yeah. night that were quite emotional. And, I well, think and that's what I'm curious well about, in front of the committee. about this uh, about this decision to do what no Supreme Court nominee has ever done, as to sort of fight for your life in the, in, a, in the political square. It's an interesting decision, and I say this because I want to play for you something Brett Kavanaugh said at his opening statement on September 4th. Here it is. A good judge must be an umpire, a neutral and impartial arbiter who favors no litigant or policy. The Supreme Court must never, never be viewed as a partisan institution. The justices on the Supreme Court do not sit on opposite sides of an aisle. They do not caucus in separate rooms. It was jarring to see him not even sit in front with a... Fox News journalists, but with one of the opinion show hosts, and not go to a CBS or PBS, somewhere else as well, if he was going to do this. Does it make him a partisan warrior now? So to see him have such a fall from grace, uh, to be convicted of three felonies, to be now deemed a sexually violent predator, to be mm-hmm. facing prison time is, is incredibly overwhelming. And all of this happening in the same week that we're looking at Brett Kavanaugh and the allegations of women uh, against him for sexual uh, assault. Uh, and I can tell you as a civil rights lawyer that's been litigating sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment cases for over two decades, this is an incredible moment that we are in to see someone as powerful as Bill Cosby to actually have been, uh, you know, prosecuted in a, a, a state court and to be convicted. It, it is almost impossible for a celebrity of his statue uh, to be convicted. But, I, you know, well, during the break, I'm scrolling through Twitter and I'm looking at people actually saying and applauding the judge in, in this sentence. And then in the same breath, wanting to defend Kavanaugh. And, I, and it, it's disturbing to me because, again, like Ariva said, this is a monumental defining moment this week when you have someone like Cosby going to prison and then in the same breath having Kavanaugh possibly going to the highest court in the land. And so anyone that's defending Kavanaugh could not in the same breath now applaud this um, jury ver- or this, uh, this verdict that the judge has handed down in the same breath. It just doesn't make and welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 1st of October, year of our Lord, 2018. How y'all doing? Yeah, yeah, I, I should have done one Friday, but we had a major bad luck hit us. Um, we unfortunately lost two of our animals. And, uh, you know, for some of you, probably aren't animal people. It's a major blow when you lose one of your little ones. And uh, last week, um, our Chihuahua of eight years, who, you know, let's be honest, he didn't like me. I didn't like him, but my wife loved him. 
they were little buddies, slept together. Um, cutest thing in the world. When she blew dry, blow dry, blew dry. I guess there's no p- past tense for that. Blow dried her hair. That little dude would sit in her in her in her lap, and uh, we were gonna go fishing. We went to head out, and um, I don't know what got into him, but he got out of the house and got hit by a car. So if you've never found one of your animals dead on a road, it's not a good day. Um, And then by Friday, when I was going to do the podcast, uh, one of our exotic birds just up and died. Um, Don't understand why. We took him to the vet. He'd been kind of sick. And uh, to be quite honest, they said there was nothing wrong with him. And he woke up, you know, we woke up the next morning after the vet visit. And he was hard as a rock at the bottom of the cage, which is incredibly sad. So my my best friend had a really, really bad week. And um, I took some time off from podcasting to be with her because it, uh, it was a rough week for her. But um, enough of my personal stuff. I guess we'll get back to podcast, which is our opening shows for the love of God and everything holy. I, I, this just won't end. This Kavanaugh stuff is like a bad movie you're forced to watch repeatedly and you don't want to, but you can't get away from it. Um, our intro was Todd saying Kavanaugh's partisan because he only did an interview with Fox. Why would he do an interview with anybody else? You guys have already convicted him, called him a rapist. I mean, by the time we're done with this, the media, which is now, as we always say, the communication arm for the Democratic National Committee, they have convicted this guy, his family, his lineage. If they had their way in the zeal of the feminazis, as I call them, it's the only time I use the Nazi word because I, I... you know, being hypocritical, because the Nazi is insane, how the left uses Nazi for everything. It, they devalue Nazi like they devalue racist. They just make everything a Nazi, and everything's racist. Um, getting back at all males, you know, just getting back at everybody. You have done, you've borked and Thomas to the next level, all right? You, you have destroyed this man's lineage, And as I started to say for a segue, if you had it your way, this would be a Game of Thrones episode where him, his entire family, you would kill them all. Old school evil. And how do I even come across such an outlandish thing? Well, the second sound I heard. Kavanaugh's Cosby. You have no corroborating evidence. You have no proof of anything. There's actually, as we'll see, men that have come forward and said, yeah, it was us. It wasn't him. Almost every story has fallen apart. They, the most vehement lefties have said, she's convincing, but there's no evidence. Statue of limitations went out a long time ago. And we'll close the show today with an SNL skit, which actually was the only thing on SNL. I, I don't know why I watch anymore, but I watch on Fast Forward. And they literally had a skit about a high school party and how it could destroy your life forever. This is what we're talking about. I did some bad shit when I was a kid. I probably grabbed some boobs and some ass. I remember one incident where I kissed a girl on her belly. Do I not deserve to have a job because at 15 I did something? Could have been sexually assaulting 
But the worst part about this is he's him and everybody that's come around him and defended him. So this is all bullshit. This is a smear campaign. That's all it is. So we have a lot of sound bites today that that um, pretty much sum up the zeal, the fervent attack on a man because he is a conservative. This conduct as Lindsey Graham will close us today would never have been tolerated for Sotomayor and Kagan. And in the scheme of things, as a conservative independent as I am, those two were way more extreme than a guy who doesn't believe illegal immigrants deserve to have abortions in America. That it's a right for somebody who's not even an American. I mean, I, that's what we're going over here. That's the, the nexus of what the left is losing their mind over. He voted against that. When a lot of Americans would vote against that, and none of them are right-winger rapists. There's women in there, like my wife. She's not a rapist. She's not a right-winger. She herself has said, well, why the fuck do they deserve to have any? They're not even legal immigrants. We don't owe them anything until they become American citizens or get a green card at the minimum, but... Some stuff off up front that I didn't want to get lost in the sauce. Clavin again. It's not a soundbite. I'm going to read it. Leftist, leftism makes mobs. You are not a you. You're an us. And when your us is offended, is justified in striking a ba- against, back against their them. Every lynch mob believes the victim. Every lynch mob is filled with a sense of righteous purpose and righteous anger. Historically, many lynch mobs were absolutely certain they were bringing justice to a woman who had been sexually assaulted. The instinct to protect women from sexual assault is primal. It can easily be manipulated to stir up mass violence. Do a Google image search for destroy this mad brute. He, people who chase Senator Ted Cruz and his wife out of a Washington, D.C. restaurant, were a mob. We're going to cover this later, but I wanted to get his take. The people who surrounded senators in the hall of Capitol with signs saying we believe should have been holding signs that said we are a mob. Journalists who ran deep think pieces on how Catholic school turned boys into rapists or how beer is the devil's plaything or how masculinity is a toxin. All of them were just degenerating into a mob think leaping to horrific conclusions about an individual with no evidence but their collective passion. Leftism does this to you. Leftism makes mobs. It tells you that your joy, sorrow, strengths, and weaknesses are not yours, but merely part of your identity. And an identity which is not John or Jane, but a race, a gender, a sexuality, a grievance. You are not a you. You're an us. And when your us is offended, it is justified in striking a back, back against their them. I fucked that read twice, didn't I? Wow. And you're a mob. Watching her speak for us all was a headline on an op-ed piece in the New York Times. The her, of course, was Brett Kavanaugh's accuser, Kristen Blakey Ford. The us all were victims of sexual abuse. But no, that's wrong. In context, Ford was not speaking for anyone but herself. She was an individual making an accusation against another individual. What she said was either true or false, corroborated or uncorroborated, provable or unprovable. If there was any us all involved, it should have been us Americans and our commitment to the presumption of innocence. 
The left does this mob making on purpose. It works at it because once leftists have a mob on their side, the checks and balances and due process of American governance can be swept aside by the mob's ever so righteous violence. The leftists believe they can ride to power on the wave of that hysteria. Maybe they can. The mob they created doesn't turn first turn on its creator as a mob mobs are want to do. This new mob left has so utterly abandoned the essential principles of liberalism that one wonders if it was ever committed to them at all. Take a look at American liberalism's signature text, the novel To Kill a Mockingbird. It tells a story of a black man unfairly accused of raping a white woman, and when the woman is caught in her lies, she falls back on offended femininity and collected identity. She says, The N-word yonder took advantage of me, as if in you fine, fancy gentlemen don't want to do nothing about it, then you're all yellow, stinking cowards. Exchange the N-word for white male, and you have replaced the Democrats of those days with the Democrats of today. Don't tell me it's not the same thing. It sure as hell is. I watched the Kavanaugh hearing and came away from them as wise as Socrates. I know I know nothing. Nothing at least about what did or didn't happen 36 years ago. What I do know is when a criminal charge is unsupported, uncorroborated, and unprovable, your passion means nothing. The accuser's credibility means nothing. Your righteous certainties mean nothing. The charges must be laid aside. All lynch mobs believe the victim it is much, much harder to believe in justice. He is spot on. It's all the Democrats have. Stir up the mob. Scare the masses. That's what they have. To show this is such a biased thing. The Washington Times is reporting today that Christine Blasey Foy lawyers are attempting to dictate exactly her testimony will be covered, right down to the number of cameras and which press agencies are allowed to take pictures. Michael Bromwich sent an email sent Tuesday afternoon that he was requesting access for three Robocamps, three specific wire services, photographers for the Associated Press, Reuters, and one unspecified service, and a pool reporter for newspapers and magazines. In a follow-up email, he specified that the Robocamps should be operated by C-SPAN and said he also wanted space for a radio reporter. While committees sometimes limit press based on space of hearing and some witnesses have arranged to have their identity shielded, longtime Capitol Hill watchers struggled to think of a precedence for a witness dictating terms of press coverage. Benedict Gomez, never. But when their lawyer is a former Bill Clinton White House attorney advisor, nothing should shock us in terms of outrageousness. To show it's not about truth. GOP played the game. They got a female lawyer. They didn't ask any questions. Neera Tandon. Dr. Ford should testify and refuse to answer questions by anyone who's not a senator. Senators who hide behind a female attorney are cowards. They were so angry that the GOP played their game. They they lost it. Lindsay Fifield Last week. Oh my God, she must be allowed to testify five days ago. Oh my God, how dare they bully her to testify three days ago. Oh my God, these old men are going to bully her today. Oh my God, how dare they try to let a woman talk to her. You guys know we can see you, right? That's a woman. 
Byron York. Not clear if this is just a lefty chit-chat or whether it reflects thinking in the Ford camp. Considering you added a sexual assault survivor to an entire room full of your employees, perhaps Dr. Ford would be better off not taking your advice. You're so pissed that you can't complain about male senators asking a female victim questions. That's what it's about. This is not about the incident. This is not. This has nothing to do with Kavanaugh anymore. This has gone beyond anything ever. I, I can't articulate as eloquently as I, I, I say once again. Lin, Lindsey Graham, a guy I don't even like. Not because he hates Trump. I just don't like him. He's annoying. He's a flip-flopper. What has he ever accomplished? Seriously. What? He goes with whatever NBC News tells him to do. He capitulates on principles all the time. He is what's wrong with the Republican Party. We don't play hardball, or not we, they, don't play hardball like the Dems. They don't give a flying fuck. If they want something, they just do it. We, we bend, we haw. And sure, it's it's because, keep saying we, I'm not a we, I'm not a Republican, but you know what I'm saying. Conservatives. We play the liberal two-step. We, we smooth the edges of our policies. We capitulate to the ever-present liberal litmus test that will be asked of every policy that ever, ever comes out. Whereas Democrats can just go push a, your kids are going to shit next to each other because we say, if you don't do that, you're a fucking transphobe. That's never questioned. Ever. Nobody ever in the media goes, well, what if perverts dress like women and go out there and take videos and sexually assault people like fucking happened, but we're not going to cover whatever that happens. Yeah. So he wraps it up with a bow. This would never, none of this would ever be allowed. If this ever happened to a Democratic nominee to SCOTUS, Chuck Todd would cry on air and wet his pants. The wail and gnashing out of Morning Joe and company, how they treated a Supreme Court nominee justice, a lawyer with a long history of judicial prudence, it would be end of times. It would be a Chuck Todd. The norms are not being followed. I'm upset. Hey, hey, here, here. British parliamentary rule number five. I mean, he would shit his pants. They not only have attacked him, they've attacked his family, his dog, his cat. And they have the audacity to criticize him because he gets upset. See, the media does this to normal people. They do it all the time. CNN doxes grandmas in fucking Florida. They think they have that right, but if you turn the tables on them, how dare you? So, here's our primer. I just want you to listen to this before we go into fire and effects, so you'll hear the bumper, and then we'll go into the fire effects soundbite. But this is how audacious the media has gone. Not only have they brought everybody in the women's movement on TV, they brought Linda Sasser on, a proven anti-Semite, 
terrorist sympathizer has called for fucking Sharia law. It's all okie-dokie with genital mutilation to talk about this subject. That's how blazing they are. They don't know that normal Americans out there go, that bitch is a fucking goddamn terrorist. They don't care. It's all stop. We will take him down and in turn every GOP because for the love of God and everything holy, we gotta impeach Trump. And this is our ticket to ride. So enjoy this fucking pig trowel of unbelievably inappropriate conduct from what's supposed to be the First Amendment guarding media. And it's just the tip of the spear. Those are some of the women protesting inside the Senate office building yesterday. This, of course, while lawmakers were debating a vote to nominate Supreme Court nominee uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, Capitol Police charged uh, more than 100 people with unlawfully demonstrating in the Senate office buildings. Uh, Joining us now, co-chair of the Women's March, uh, Linda Sarsour. Uh, Good to have you on the show this morning. And you were part of the demonstrations on Capitol Hill this week. Uh, Tell us the, the, the message that you were trying to send and your reaction now to this week long investigation that's been ordered by the president. The Women's March has actually been in Washington, D.C. since September 4th. I was the first protester to get arrested on the first day of the Kavanaugh hearings. Women are outraged. We are enraged at the vote yesterday that came out of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And the Women's March thinks that the administration, that Republicans in America, uh, particularly those who are elected officials, uh, think that we were a one-hit wonder. And we came out on January 21st of 2017 and put millions in the largest single-day demonstration in American history. And we're coming back out and we're announcing today to the American people to join us around the country and in Washington, D.C. on January 19, 2019. We are outraged that we are talking about and putting victims on trial and talking about Dr. Ford in the way in which she was treated at that hearing. Brett Kavanaugh was disqualified before Christine Ford came out with her uh, allegations, and we still think he's disqualified, and we are going to do everything we can to keep him off the Supreme Court. What, uh, how, how do you think, do you feel like you've been heard? Let me ask you that. With everything that's happened this week, do you feel that the women's voices that we have seen, and they weren't just obviously there, I mean, they were in, in front of the offices of many Congress, yeah, all over Murkowski the country. and Collins, and mm-hmm. um, do you feel like your voices are being heard, and what are those voices prepared to do as we head into midterms? And this is not just about Brett Kavanaugh. We're still focused on midterm elections, and we will win back the House in 2018. And then come January 19, 2019, we will come with an agenda. We are brilliant. We are strategic. We have a plan, and we need to hold those accountable who work for us. So we're prepared, and we want this administration to know that women will not sit back, we will not go back, and we will not allow our rights to be taken 40 years back. And this is what this lifetime appointment of Brett Kavanaugh does. This is serious. This is a generational fight, and the Republicans want the, want the Supreme Court, and we're saying absolutely not. Not on.
be saying I don't remember nothing. I don't remember nothing. I wasn't there. I don't know what she's talking about. I never met her, blah, blah, blah. And she, <coughs> and this doctor is going to come on, this PhD is going to come on and in detail describe what happened. I don't think it's a fair fight. I think she's going to make the case. He's the type of person who could be so vile. And he lies about that. And he lies about whether or not he got the documents. And he's lied about what he's done to these other women. And he's a liar really big red flags to me and this is just the latest one i don't think brett kavanaugh takes women's pain very seriously kavanaugh simply refers to it as the accuser kavanaugh has lied multiple times kavanaugh's potentially lying and that to me is disqualifying this is not a, a court of law right so this doesn't need to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt credibly accused credibly accused credibly and authoritatively accused credibly accused of sexual assault involving teens who are you gonna believe she's being bullied into showing up for four or five days after this letter is leaked to be questioned by 11 white men. Panel of white men. 10 white men. White men. All white men. Wolf pack of white men. All white men. Asking her, um, you know, aggressive and obnoxious questions. Why not pull the nomination? Pull the nomination. Kavanaugh is quite overcooked. His nomination should be withdrawn. Wouldn't surprise me if he chose to withdraw. This nomination is cooked. They're protecting a man who is probably guilty. Having no recollection is a convenient excuse. Hey, man done something terrible that he doesn't remember doing. Right now, there's reasonable doubts, um, at least against Judge Kavanaugh. Whether he was then or is now an alcoholic, whether he's recovered or not. I think we're going to see another year of the woman like we saw after Clarence Will the Kavanaugh nomination crash and burn on Thursday? That's CNN, MSDNC. Guilty, 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 guilty. So there was a study done. And during the 12 days since Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein publicly announced the existence of an unspecified allegation against Kavanaugh, ABC, CBS, and NBC morning and evening shows have spent nearly six hours, 344 minutes, regurgitating various unapproved, unproved, excuse me, allegations against the Supreme Court nominee. But only a tiny percentage of that coverage, a measly 8%, has been devoted to Kavanaugh's denials and the lack of corroboration. The study poured over all the coverage of September 13th to 24th. Most of the airtime, 305 minutes, was spent on allegations by Blasey Ford, which were only known charges for most of this period. Charges leveled by Ramirez drew 37 minutes during September 24th morning and evening shows. An additional two minutes of airtime was spent on an unknown third accuser teased by Michael Avanti. Kavanaugh's denials back on September 14th, Kavanaugh issued a statement categorically unequivocally denying the charges. For most of the coverage that followed, his flat denial was relegated a few seconds in a lengthy stories. And then they break it right down. 14 minutes. Denials. Witness don't confirm Ford. Five minutes. Women supporting Kavanaugh. Two minutes. Ford's politics. 12 seconds. 12 seconds. They don't want the truth. They just don't want it. Because they're taking their advice from Schumer. Schumer, um, Leader McConnell just said that Judge Kavanaugh, quote, deserves the presumption of innocence. Do you agree with that? And do you view this hearing through the prism of a a legal proceeding? No, it's not a legal proceeding. It's a fact-finding proceeding. We do this with every major nominee. And countless times, I think 10 times in the last uh, year, 
when new information comes up, the FBI goes again and does its background check. This is standard operating procedure, and the question looms, why are our Republicans deviating from it from here? This is not a criminal trial. This is not a, a — this is to find the facts. You have two diametrically opposed stories, and there are two issues. A, which story is right, and if — if um, — Dr. Ford is telling the truth, then Judge Kavanaugh's credibility is in great question. So do you, do you agree, then, that he has the, quote, presumption of innocence? I agree that we — this is not — that's a criminal trial. What, what I believe is we ought to get to the bottom and find the facts in the way that the FBI has always done. There's no presumption of innocence or guilt when you have a nominee before you. Countryman Plug-In Hybrid. Come drive it to believe it. Test drive one today. Now I understand that's that's back to back. This guy had the balls to say there is no presumption of innocent and then say, well, there's no way the GOP can accuse us of cooking the books and making this shit up. But that's what they do. But what went worse this week is that the media not only took their marching orders from Chuck Schumer and unequivocally over and over said, well, any accusation means he can't be a Supreme Court justice. He should, it is wrong to make her prove this bullshit allegation that if it was a Democrat like Booker or Ellison, we would totally not believe, but because he's going for Supreme Court justice and we hate Trump, well, then we have to believe it. All women must be believed, yada, 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 yada. They decided, let's smear him, not only with the Cosby, but with everything we could ever do. Because this goes back to my theory. When you're a Republican or conservative or a Christian, if you're not a bubble person like them, you own the actions, comments, statement, deeds of anybody that could be considered your side. That's why every person running for president that's a GOP has to deal with David Duke. But Obama, you're a racist if you bring up Reverend Wright or Farrakhan. You don't own his shit, even though he's on your side. So they stirred up anything they can, ever. And it's all just like Kavanaugh. Tell us what your gut tells you about this nomination. Is this thing in real trouble, do you think? I definitely think it's in trouble. I think nothing would surprise me, uh, including him by the end of the week, if Judge Kavanaugh decides he doesn't want to go through this. It isn't worth it. He doesn't want to. Maybe he can win, but he doesn't want an asterisk. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he chose to withdraw and chose to back down. I think a lot, frankly, will have to do with what more do we learn this week? I think if any little thing that we don't know now comes out before that hearing on Monday, I don't think the hearing happens. Because if the hearing happens, boy, I think this is going to be something that is fraught for peril for both political that, parties. That is exactly my next question. I mean, just the specter of a hearing, a public mm-hmm. hearing. We have seen this before. Anita Hill, Clarence mm-hmm. Thomas. Because we're so close to an election, because of the Donald Trump era, 
This one feels like a tinderbox. It feels like four sticks of dynamite wrapped in radioactive material. It just feels like either side could see this erupt a culture war. Right. Does he, is he incapable? Bob Woodward says in his book, he's incapable of facing yes. reality. The reality is, I see it right now, probably this nomination is cooked. And he doesn't, is he willing to accept that when the time comes and withdraw it or not? He, Does he, he have that ability it. to face reality? Yeah, he doesn't believe mm -hmm. it. He believes he's just going to muscle through like he always does. And I also think Brett Kavanaugh is telling people at the White House over and over again that he denies this. And as a result, the White House well, would I've talked to. Yeah, I mean, well, he, would, the White House, he would say that. This is completely true. But the White I'm glad we have mostly women on tonight. I think young women have experienced this kind of thing with guys have been drinking. I think they know this guy got to say out of hand is ridiculous, worse than out of hand. I think when you see this person on TV, a human being saying something that she remembers with tremendous tragedy in her voice, and then another guy coming along and saying, I don't remember nothing that never happened, I was never there, who are you going to believe? The guy, well, the one who can remember what happened, not the one who can't. It's very problematic to me that uh, nowadays we finally come to the point where we're taking very seriously allegations against the Catholic Church made by men from abuse 30 years ago. And yet when a woman makes a, an allegation about an abuse that occurred 30 years ago, we're throwing up all kinds of roadblocks and all kinds of questions. It should be questioned. It should be investigated. It should be understood what's true and what's not true. President Trump uh, was asked about this just a moment ago at the UN and we had that. Let's listen. There's a chance that this could be one of the single most unfair, unjust things to happen to a candidate for anything. But I am with Judge Kavanaugh and I look forward to a vote. And for people to come out of the woodwork from 36 years ago and 30 years ago and never mention it, all of a sudden it happens. In my opinion, it's totally political. It is totally political. Do you give, I mean, it's hard to even hear that. Do you give any breath to that? Those who want to say, Dianne Feinstein sat, sat on this, here we are, two days prior. Matt Schlapp last night, I noticed on uh, Twitter saying, Republicans don't do this to Democrats. They absolutely do. Think back to Merrick Garland. He clearly wasn't given a sh fair shot. Are Democrats playing dirty? And if they are, is it justified? Since Mitch McConnell set the dirty table and won. Uh, they've all of the other witnesses have said this did not happen. He said a couple of different things about it. And I think she said she, the Leland said she wasn't at the party, but she also said she believes uh, Dr. Ford. But I take your point right there. You've said categorically that the allegation against Judge Kavanaugh is false. But how do you know that? Most women are not looking at this politically. I'm going to reiterate this. They're looking at this as if their finally voice is going right. to be heard right. and if they're going to be believed. For 5,000 years, <laughs> women have been treated as property. For centuries, by institutions, including the Catholic Church, which I'm a member of, they've been treated as second-class citizens. Women didn't get the right to vote in this country until 1920, even though they were told in the 1780s that all, all men are created equal in this. Women have dealt with this for hundreds and hundreds of years, and the question is, is will they be believed when they, when, they, when they actively accuse a powerful man? And this is a moment where, yes, the presumption of innocence is a standard and something that we need to do, but part of the problem is that we've also said we presume in these cases that the woman, in most cases, the woman is lying. So instead of saying, let's presume she's telling the truth and we have a presumption of innocence, what do we do? And when we look at this from that context, and women have had to deal with this 
for many, many years. It wasn't until the 80s that, based, that, women were, that we finally were telling women that, yes, you can be raped in marriage, that most of cases of rape aren't reported, that most cases aren't investigated, that most of these things women aren't believed. In the extremely rare cases that somebody is, gives fault witness and doesn't tell the truth is compared to the extremely common cases right. where women aren't believed. And well, we're we right, get to, right, part right. of the problem when we get to a he said, she said is almost every single time in a he said, she said case, he the wins. default position is he wins. But this is one reason that she wanted to keep this private, not only for her privacy, but also for his privacy, that she simply felt duty-bound as a citizen to share this information with the committee, even going so far as before he was nominated, back when he was on the short list and his name was surfacing, she wanted to share this And, and that's why what Senator Feinstein did here is reprehensible. Because she and her staff leaked this information. We don't know that. No, no I don't think we know that. No, yes, there's no I, doubt I, in my mind. We don't know that. I, I, actually, I, we don't know that. I actually don't think Absolutely. that's an allegation yeah. without evidence. But you say that you shudder to think what will happen when Christine Blasey Ford is questioned on Monday. Why is that? I think the, the Republicans, despite you know the, all of the changes that have happened in the generation since those hearings, are still going to go in with a strategy to save this nomination at all costs. And if that means destroying, you know, di destroying Dr. Ford, I hate to even think about it. But I, I think it's going to be the same kind of political circus as we saw back in 1991. That's, that's what worries me. Jill's book, written with Jane Mayer, called Strange Justice, is one of the great Washington books uh, of all time. But you read that book, you think Anita Hill was telling the truth about that yeah. story. This yeah. is what I grew up with, that men are supposed to protect I you too. from these predatory males. I do too. And they're not doing that. And believe you. On the you. contrary. But we have this, to... These people in Congress right now, and that Senate Judiciary Committee, these white men, old by the way, mm -hmm. are not protecting women. They're yeah. protecting a man who is probably guilty. If you're not uh, Judge Kavanaugh, take the lie detector test. Yeah. Prove it the way she did and the way Anita Hill did, that they were not lying. Let's see that from you. The, or are you a coward? Yeah. I'd hate to see if this was real. How would they act if it was real? If you could get this fired up and, you know, just so sanctimonious over an accusation that is pretty muddy god damn katie turr it will no doubt resonate that each gop senator starts his time by apologizing for kavanaugh for what he is going through while none took the time to apologize for dr ford what she has been through two seconds later pardon me except for grassley the entire world showed her He's the only one that talked. You play the men can't ask question 11 white men game. It's always 11 white men. White men, 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 men can't speak. We don't let men speak in these issues. They get a female lawyer, nobody spoke, and you still bash them. David Ruiz, or Rutt, excuse me, sums it up. The ratio of retweets for the wrong tweet to the correction is 44 to 1. Susan Price, stop pretending to be a journalist. No one believes it, and it's true. She's not a journalist. AP, he let his anger flare, interrupted his questioner, and wept. 
She sought to present herself as a cooperative and respectful. The Kavanaugh 4 hearing provided a tutorial on gender roles and stereotypes. I'm not going to read it. Because their second one was, like the Kennedy assassination, Challenger explosion, and the Twin Towers, will the Kavanaugh-Ford hearing be a where-were-you moment? No. No, no, it won't. But that's not even the rock bottom. USA Today, they deleted this tweet, by the way. The U.S. Senate may yet confirm Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, but he should stay off basketball courts for now when kids are around, writes by Eric Brady. As this article says, let's take the already low Democrat talking point and dropping them in the sewer. Michael Brown, let me get this straight, USA Today. You believe uncorroborated, uncorroborated allegations from 30 years ago allow an in essence to call someone a pedophile? Kavanaugh claims the media will continue to attack him, and you just proved his point. Despicable. New York Times was so... Drummed up for this shit, they took down their own poll. Times killed a Twitter poll it posted that asked people to vote on whether they found Blazy Four credible. Christine Blazy Four is testifying by the Senate Judiciary Committee today. Do you find her testimony incredible? The poll asked. Short time after that, Times pulled it. We're sorry for this tweet. In retrospect, a Twitter poll is insensitive in light of the gravity of this hearing. We deleted it. Why should you ask the American people? Oh, I know. Part of it was because most people said no. Then they ran a story about his yearbook. Molly Hemingway destroyed him. The Times hid multiple problems with its claim, including that it was sourced by a rabid anti-Trump politician in Maryland and his associate, Hemingway reports. The original article published online on Monday night was quickly scrubbed of a reference to Mr. Molinano. The Times used full names on first references to source and titles on second references, though it was the first time his name was mentioned in the article. The claim of sexual bragiosho, 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 there we go, um, is sourced, sounded earlier in the article to no one named and one anonymous individual claimed to fear retribution. News diffs, a site that tracks changed articles on New York Times, caught the rapid elect deletion of his name. Reporters Kate Kelly and David Enright did not explain why it was removed. Richard S. Maldonado Jr., a classmate of Kavanaugh, Georgetown Prep, and state senator in Maryland, recently lost a bid for Democratic nomination for governor. He garnered headlines for campaign and that featured him kissing his male spouse as a rebuke of Trump. The 32nd spot has him telling viewers he has to deliver progressive results to stand up Donald Trump for listing things he's done that already infuriate Trump. And that's not all. She continues to go on. The article was fraught with errors. They didn't say where they sourced it. They didn't say anything. But my most important point on this, who gives a fuck what he did in high school? Seriously, folks. We got an SNL skit. It was the only thing on the show that I watched because it was fucking horrible. It was 13-minute cold open of making fun of Kavanaugh, dogging Kavanaugh, basically inferring he's a rapist. 13 minutes of fucking live update. GOP's horrible. Christians are horrible. Everybody's horrible except for us in the bubble. And then this skit. Going to an 80s party. Ruining your life forever. In line with that is the fact that all of us did things wrong in our youth. We are told by these very same people that for liberal kids, we must give them the benefit of the doubt. They're just kids. But now, 
when a lady who's a donor and major Dem player and her lawyer who's a huge Clintonite comes forward with some bullshit from 36 fucking years ago, we must believe it and he must be crucified. Then they ran the New York Times a fact check for Kavanaugh on the front page. On the front page. No fact check of Blazing Ford. Then Washington Post turns to bitch media co-founder to overflowing mug of anti-Kavanaugh rage. Washington Point just include Kathleen Parker's defense of Lindsey Graham. The paper also made space for Andy Zeisler, the co-founder of Bitch Media, which sells filled with rage muds to insist Kavanaugh is guilty, guilty, guilty based on 1980s teen comedies and knee-jerk assumptions that every accuser is a resonant. The headline was, When Men Bond Over Sex Humiliation of Women. Zeisler wasn't interested in witnesses who needs witnesses. Every Kavanaugh accuser, accuser was a victim. No questions asked. So while the tale of a 17-year-old boy chasing a 15-year-old girl in a bedroom, pinning her down and clamping his hands over her mouth as, as he elegantly tugs on her clothes is bad enough, the real animating cause is when boy in the room egging him on and laughing. For women who have experienced something like them, the stories of four Deborah Rebineras, Renate Schroeder, Dolphin, and Julie Swinnick, who have all recanted, don't sound like simple youthful indiscretions, but rather like sickening visceral reminders of a time when our fear and pain were compounded by the snickers and cheers of those who witnessed it as entertainment. The swarmy references to Renate alumnus on the yearbook pages of Kavanaugh and his friends, the laughter surrounding Ramirez already on outsider among her Yale peers, as Kavanaugh allegedly wagged his penis in her face. These stories have been resonant for many women who've had their own bodies, fears, and juggles, blah, 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 blah. What? That's like getting somebody from an alt-right magazine and writing something about the Democrats. It would never happen. Never. And none of it's been proven true. There are more people saying no to this bullshit than they're saying yes. But the New York Times doesn't care. They're the print arm of the Democratic Party. Then we got We Are Real News, Jim Acosta. A basic unfairness is how this hearing has been handled. The prosecutors sought to find holes in forced testimony, but not Kavanaugh's. Somewhere along the way, something happened to Kristen Powers. She's our next one that comes up, because that's a terrible reading. Republicans keep saying they believe Dr. Blasey Ford, but they just believe it wasn't Kavanaugh who did it. That's, that's, is literally not believing her. Replies. So careless of you to say that. There's no evidence it was him. Zero. You are better than this. It means she had no evidence. It doesn't mean some trauma didn't happen. And these are journalists. James Holman. Brett Kavanaugh notes that the summer that the sexual assault allegedly took place when Christine Ford says he pinned her down on the bed, he had spent a lot of time lifting weights and doing strength training. Oh, so he's a monster now. Jennifer Rubin, with him screaming and interrupting senators, I would imagine him putting his hands over someone's mouth. That's a fucking journalist. New Yorkers. Susan Glasser. Bloomberg, Sahil Kapur, and Slate's Will Satan all seem to be reading, reading from the same Democratic cue cards. Glasser. Angry Kavanaugh is playing to Trump, but what do the those on the fence senators think of this his shouting refusal to answer questions? 
Saul Kapur, striking contrast between Kavanaugh's consistently respectful and polite attitude towards Democratic senators at his initial hearing and the open disdain he's showing to them today. Will Saining, after Kavanaugh's opening statement, I hope most of us can agree that even if he didn't assault Ford, he has just shown us what he lacks, that, that he lacks the temperament to serve on the Supreme Court. Well, I think most of you journalists lack the temperament to be journalists because you've lost your fucking mind over this shit. MSDNC's all-in host, Chris Hayes, claimed that the GOP men on the committee are just erasing Dr. Ford as if she never sat before them today. On the other side of the country, San Francisco radio host Ethan Berman decided to go after Kavanaugh's crying at points in the opening statements. Nice attempt at crying now that his job is on the line. Did you see a motion in the previous hearing? No. Doing whatever it is that he's been doing since he left NBC News, Luke Russard said, Oh boy, Kavanaugh's going full angry, belittling marginalized white man. Tough sell for today. Marginalized white man. Hmm. Yeah. I, I just, wow. Atlantics. Atlantic's Ann Lowry, alcohol taxes, alcohol taxes, curb binge drinking, underage drinking, and hit heavy drinkers the hardest. Alcohol taxes, they're a good idea. Alcohol taxes, this is something she said. For good measure, and someone outside the U.S. self-described lesbian icon and Australian podcast host, Riley Dennis, suggests that Ford was braver than, get this, the Marine Corps. Chris Blazing Ford is braver than any U.S. Marine. Oh, Really? Hmm. But what's this all about, really? Here's two sound bites back to back. Garland's part of it. And this gem from CNN. The Dems are not trying to get Kavanaugh. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader, just decided to lecture Democrats for their actions involving a Supreme Court nominee. The same Mitch McConnell who would not give Obama's, uh, the person Obama wanted to be on his Supreme Court, Merrick Garland, a hearing, right? That's pretty rich. I've got Gloria Borger and Caitlin Collins with me, and it's like, Gloria, seriously? Well, if I recall, Merrick Garland was uh, waiting around for 400 days. And then never uh, did get either a hearing or a vote. And uh, so it is pretty rich to hear McConnell say, uh, you know, this is the schedule and we are we are going to stick to it. He seems like somebody who has such animus towards Democrats and the left. And, uh, you know, I just don't think I don't think that that reflects very well on him. And I am still having a very hard time following the conspiracy theory where where Dr. Ford is telling the truth and they all believe her, but then there's a conspiracy. Like, the conspiracy has to involve her, right? I mean, you can't have a conspiracy that she's not involved in. It doesn't really make she's any sense. Pawn. I mean, it doesn't make any sense if you really think about it logically. Like, what, what does that mean then? I, I don't understand. Like, the conspiracy is that she made this up and then somehow connected with the Democrats. Or the, is it that she's confused and then she connected with the Democrats? I mean, because she believes that... It's him. He rallied the Trump troops. You know, he made this into a referendum on politics, that that his statement was really almost not about 
the actual allegation. It was about the conspiracy of the left wing. Which most of the Republicans' questions or, or statements were about that as I well. I mean, that was one of the amazing things about the Republican questions to him. They were all about the process. And the new villain was Dianne Feinstein, who didn't uh, handle her original allegations the way the Republicans thought she should. The Republicans didn't even talk about the, ulti the allegations. They simply took it as a given that he denied it. And, and the thing that I find just so you know, important to consider is that the, the, every, the Republicans who are going to vote no have, have two choices. One is that they believe uh, Professor Ford is lying or insane. That's one option. Or she's telling the truth and it doesn't matter. And, and that's a pretty remarkable thing to think about. When you listen to her testimony, as we all did, and no one really challenged it. I mean, no one really made a, a strong argument that she's lying. They just don't care and want Brett Kavanaugh confirmed. How can you ever even say that? Of course they're out to get him. They're using him. The left has been using it like crazy. GoFundMe account donations for Kavanaugh accusers skyrocket. After testimony, $700,000. And if it isn't Garland, then we're playing the Me Too on this. It's not just Blasey Ford. It's all women. Left. At all. Me Tooing. And the only good thing, literally the only good thing that I can see coming out of this is that Dr. Ford becomes an American hero. Yesterday, Rain, the Rape and Incest uh, Survivors Network, had a 147% increase in people calling to tell their stories yesterday because they felt empowered um, by Dr. Ford stepping up. And, and to me, that's the one silver lining of all of this yesterday. Otherwise, it was just terribly, terribly disappointing for all of us. Uh, I mean, of course, that's a good thing, that more survivors are calling in to rain. And, and to the extent any woman coming forward with her testimonial encourages another to come forward, it's good. But the truth is we don't know. We don't know what happened in this case. And so I, I'm sure that there are some Kavanaugh defenders who do not want to see Dr. Ford become a national hero because they believe she's told something that either isn't true or is severely mistaken at a, at, at a great cost to, to Judge Kavanaugh and his family. That's what makes no sense to me. I can understand the raw emotion and maybe the rage considering what he's been through. But the all afternoon, the little lies lying over and over about his yearbook page made absolutely no sense. There's just so many questions unanswered. Let's talk about what this means for this country, for America, beyond this vote. What we just saw is not isolated to these two women and that one senator. That is emblematic of where this country will be left, regardless of which way this vote goes, Nia. That's right. I mean, you could hear the raw emotion. You could hear the anger, uh, the anguish, really, uh, from those two women really pleading with Jeff Flake uh, to do something different, to really send a message, they were saying, uh, to women that, that he cared, that he cared about uh, their experiences and that they felt like sending someone like Kavanaugh uh, to the court uh, would send the wrong message uh, to not only women who were victims of sexual assault, uh, as, as uh, Dr. Ford alleged that she is, uh, but also young men. We're on the brink of what is likely to be the most divisive vote in our lifetimes. Mm. 
This is going to sharply divide the American people. There are millions and millions of women who felt just like those, those two women there. I think that, uh, and millions, those millions of women felt that uh, Dr. Ford spoke for them and spoke to them and stirred things in them, memories in them, uh, that we as white males don't really fully understand and appreciate. Uh, and you know, if you have a group of 11 white men sitting there on the Republican side, you have to ask, do they get it? Do they understand? Are they of the generation to understand? You know, when the book is written about the Me Too movement, this confirmation will get its own long chapter. Many asking whether Thursday was an example of progress or a dramatic display of how little things have changed. Many supporting Ford both online with hashtags like I believe Christine Blasey Ford and on the streets with protests erupting in cities across the country. This hearing is exactly what the Me Too movement is about. It has been twisted and turned and, and misrepresented as something about taking down powerful men, but it has nothing to do with that. Ford's words inspired others to come forward with their own stories. I'm a 76-year-old woman who was sexually molested in the second grade. This brings back so much pain. Another woman confronting Senator Lindsey Graham outside the Thank hearing. You, Senator Graham. I was raised 13 years ago. I don't remember being talking. You're so sorry. Would you, do you believe me? Dana, I think, is exactly right that, you know, from a political perspective, we may be where we were at the, at the beginning of the day. However, as an evidentiary matter, we're not. We have heard a woman who has no motive to lie, who can, has no reason to come forward, who does not have a political agenda, who has been keeping this secret, except in certain very limited circumstances, giving a vivid and dramatic and highly believable description of, of a sexual assault by this nominee for the Supreme Court. We have then heard from a belligerent, angry, enraged uh, Brett Kavanaugh challenging, lawyer, challenging United States senators about how much they drink I mean, I think that actually is relevant yeah, to what, you know, what the judgment is. I what did they, the 11 Republican men on the Senate do? Did they, uh, did they defend uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh's honesty? No. They attacked another woman, Dianne Feinstein. She's the real villain here because she didn't handle the procedure properly. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it happens over and over again. There's always some woman to attack. And the woman always loses in this group. Clarence Thomas is confirmed in 1991. 1992 is called the Year of the Woman. And that it could well be what happens uh, in this country. I can't imagine the feeling of the millions and millions of women and others who found Dr. Ford very, very credible. And if, uh, as, as seems like the Republicans are able to get, uh, to get Judge Kavanaugh onto the Supreme Court, they're just going to feel annihilated inside. Oh, the sanctimonious irony. Believe all women activists assail Ashley Kavanaugh, accusing her of lying, comparing her to Hillary Clinton. The left showed what it really thinks of women. It just isn't on your TV, folks. Social media is out of control. Mere hours after nationwide protests calling on men and particularly senators assessing sexual assault claims leveled against Kavanaugh to believe all women in Feminists and their leftist allies attacked Kavanaugh's wife, Ashley, who appeared alongside her husband on Fox News interview Monday night. Apparently, it's fine to believe all women and respect all women and support all women, so long as these women align with your ideological bent. Julia W.B. It's their choice. You can drop out and not get the new job. 
Don't think for one second the ball isn't completely in their hands. Ashley Kavanaugh chooses to stand in ignorance, loyalty, and whiteness by her predator man. They are not victims. Dr. Victoria Dooley. No, what's also very difficult, Ashley Kavanaugh, being raped. Which there's no even accusation of rape. This isn't your fault, but what you should think of is your daughter was dating a guy who had 4th of July and Devil's Triangle in his yearbook. Denise Ingram, Ashley Kavanaugh has been incredibly difficult. Has she given any thought to what Kavanaugh's victims have gone through? I do feel bad for Ashley and her children. It must be horrible to realize you're married to a serial sexual assaulter. Amy Cavanope Vanderpool. She changed her name on Twitter. Really? Nothing about this Martha McCallum interview with Brett Kavanaugh's wife, Ashley, looks authentic. Nothing. Jessica Mason Pico. Ashley Kavanaugh was so clearly uncomfortable during that interview, but also she knows exactly who she married. Yeah. Which brought us into Hollywood. You're a fan and supporter of Dr. Ford. What did you see yesterday? Um, I saw so many things. I saw a committee of white men be angry. And I wanted to say to them, I take your anger and I raise you <laughs> millions of women mm-hmm. and decent men in this country who are also angry and furious. Right. And, I know you've all been speaking all morning beautifully about what's been going on. The thing that I heard this morning from uh, Lindsey Graham's remarks mm. is that that committee that you showed mm-hmm. of those men, they're, that's their, they're keeping their eye on that prize. How do they keep that room looking like that? That's what I said. Mm-hmm. And, and we, the only power that we as the people have in this moment is to change what that view looks like. Yeah. And we have a midterm election coming up in this moment. They're already sending out the dog whistle. If you heard Lindsey Graham this morning, he said, if, I'm, if we're still the majority, if I'm still here, if Grassley's still here, they know. They're already saying to their supporters, you like how this is going? You want to see this keep going this way? Make sure you keep us in positions of power. So the only power that we have right now to do with our anger is to show up and to vote. And actually right now I want to say that it's almost noon here on the East Coast and there are actions happening noon local time across the country. People are showing up at their senator's office demanding that they vote no on Kavanaugh. So that's an action that we can take right now. And in a couple months, the action we can take is to show up at the midterm elections and and vote and use our voice with our vote. Can I just say this one thing I saw? Graham, Grassley, and Hatch, three of them, all opposed reauthorizing the Violence Against Women Act in Mm -hmm. 2013. Okay, that's from the Atlantic Magazine. That's the source. Okay, this is who's deciding the fate of American women. I keep saying this, and people might seem it sounds incredibly dramatic, but doesn't this feel like the prequel to The Handmaid's Tale? (laughs) This is it. It was like, oh, you ask yourself, (laughs) how did it get that bad? This is it. It Mm -hmm. didn't happen in the dark. It didn't happen in a basement. It happened in plain sight for all of us to see. They will make everything legal. They will take away our rights, and they'll actually take away the importance of our vote, so we better start using it before we don't have it. That's right. Marie, Shannon, and Chris. 
thoughts on today in the afternoon here? Things have slowed down. <laughs> we had uh, this explosion of emotion from uh, Judge Kavanaugh and uh, very much acting. The first soundbite was American, America Ferrara. My wife loves Superstore. We both used to be in retail, and it was cute. But I can't handle this girl's politics. She's extreme, but we still watch the goddamn thing, and I fucking hate it. The second is kind of muddled, but that's Milano. And once again, Milano went to the hearing. Why she gets into the hearing, I don't understand why she gets preferential treatment. But, you know, hey, she's all for the regular people, right? But regular people follow the rules, and she was caught recording. That's her getting busted. But Hollywood was all in. Jimmy Kimmel wants to cut Brent Kavanaugh's penis off. In his opening monologue, Monday night, late night talk show host Jimmy Kimmel says Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh should be confirmed as long as there's a compromise first. Here we are on this. So Kavanaugh gets confirmed to the Supreme Court. Okay, well, in turn to get a few, we get to cut his pesky penis off in front of everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Screenwriter Mrs. Doubtfire, Randy Meyer Singer, tweeted, Brett Kavanaugh is right now putting his hand on America's mouth telling us not to scream. Ellen producer, Andy Lasser, whoa, he seemed like he'd be a very aggressive, angry drunk. He was never honest with his wife or family about it, so he can't be honest with himself and us about it. That is where the emotion is coming from. George Takaki also contributed to this nastiness. He joked about Kavanaugh's alleged alcohol abuse, tweeting, Awkward question, but did anyone give Kavanaugh a breathalyzer before the hearing? Just curious. Yeah. Kamij, and remember, this guy is actually accused of sexual harassment. On guys. Kamuji Najini reminded everyone that just because someone is emotional doesn't mean they're not guilty. Comedy Central, Liz Winstead, threw fair play aside and pronounced Kavanaugh as a fucking liar. He belonged to the 100K club, but he'd never been blackout drunk. He is displaying, I got caught, rage, it's disgusting. Mia Farrow called Kavanaugh's defense against damning accusation melting down. Apart from all the rest, a person prone to melting down probably should be on the Supreme Court. Billy Eichner and Kathy Griffin ducked it out for title of psychotic liberal heavyweight Twitter champ, spouting anti-conservative trash on social media during Dr. Ford's testimony, marking Republican senators their primary targets. The two knee-jerk lefties lobbed nasty insults at committee chairman Grassley, Hatch, Graham, and McConnell. After following and tweeting about the hearing all day, obnoxious street clown Billy Eichner revealed his bubbling frustration to Republicans' attendance. Towards the end of the Ford appearance, he tweeted, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe Lindsey Graham, Warren Hatch, and McConnell are going to hell. Kathy Griffin spent the day tweeting about the hearing as well, making sure to slam conservatives, especially Senator Grassley. She tweeted, Ugh, my blood is already boiling, Chuck, you old dinosaur. Dr. Ford said she didn't need a break when she got her coffee. Dr. Chuck Grassley and Orrin Hatch have to change their colostomy bags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is just the tip. There's more ugly. But there was positives. All right. Jake Tapper and Cup on a network that it's probably against their contract to say this shit. And... Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski 
calling out the media. The first two, Tapper and Cup. How it's pretty hypocritical, the Democrats with Ellison and Booker and Mika and Joe going, you know, there's a lot of journalists that need just to put their D behind their name because calling this guy a rapist is a stretch. We all remember where we were during Clarence Thomas. I mean, I have vivid memories. I think I was 22 years old of high-tech lynching of an uppity black man, of Professor Hill's uh, charges, of Arlen Specter, uh, the late senator from Pennsylvania, attacking Ted Kennedy, the late senator from Massachusetts, saying the women from America don't need to hear from our- Ted Kennedy when it comes to women. This really is a historic moment. This is going to be something that we all remember years, if not decades from now, where we were and the coverage of it. And these accusations by these women against Judge Kavanaugh are so brutal. They're brutal accusations, and his denial is so unequivocal that, that there's nothing that happened that, that he can even understand why these charges would be brought forward. The charges are upsetting, uh, and, and uh, they're obviously they've triggered an entire uh, national conversation uh, about sexual assault and sexual harassment, about the unequal way. Uh, that women and girls are treated in this country. At the same time, there is, as of now, no contemporaneous corroborating evidence for any of the charges, as far as we know. We haven't seen anybody emerge and say, yes, I remember that. And that is an important part of the story as well. Certainly is. Uh, we're going to watch this so carefully. Their opening statements, which they've already released, both of them extremely powerful. i got to bring this to a tangential but related topic. Keith Ellison. Mm-hmm. Democratic Congressman from Minnesota, Deputy Chair of the DNC, running for Attorney General in Minnesota, has been accused by two women of domestic violence. Not only aren't Democrats insisting that they be believed and that he step aside, he easily won his Democratic primary, but at least one of his accusers has said that her own party, the Democratic Party, has uh, smeared and isolated her. Um, Here was Keith Ellison last night in a debate. Are you confident that no one else will step forward with any other allegations? Look, you know, in this political environment, you know, I don't know what somebody might cook up, but I can tell you that there is absolutely nobody that I'm aware of who's, who has any sort of who's threatening or suggesting or who's ever made a prior accusation. How can Democrats explain a very obvious double standard in outrage? I don't think it's just I don't yeah. think it's just the Democrats who have a double standard and bias here. I, I think well, I think Republicans do too. But I think the media does. Now you've just showed this, but yeah. that's probably uh, no. Let's admit that a Supreme lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. is more newsworthy yes. mm-hmm. than yeah. an Attorney General of Minnesota. But this is not a nobody who is or was the Democratic. Uh, chair of the Democratic National Convention. He's the vice, he is. vice chair, right? Chair, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, this is a big deal, and I would venture to say that the media is not really covering this, at least not the kind of coverage that it might get if you were a Republican. That you would think it would get and maybe should get. I want to ask you a question because I've heard a lot of people saying the Democrats would be more credible about this issue if they were similarly outspoken when allegations like this are made about Democrats. And one example is the Democratic congressman and deputy chairman of the DNC, Keith Ellison, who's been accused of emotional and physical abuse by an ex-girlfriend named Karen Monahan. In a debate on Friday, uh, Ellison was asked if he's confident there won't be any more allegations against him. Take a listen. You know, I don't know what somebody might cook up, but I can tell you 
that there is absolutely nobody that I'm aware of who's, who has any sort of who's threatening or suggesting or who's ever made a prior accusation. He's running for attorney general of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't the concern about Kavanaugh and Professor Ford be more credible if Democrats were also condemning similar charges against Democrats in their midst, including Congressman Ellison? We've been harshly critical of Fox News for mm. being in the tank and it's being state sides. television it's everywhere. for Donald Trump. It's let mainstream. Me let me tell you something. What we've seen the last week has made me want All across to, the board. to call networks and put a D in front of the name of, of the, yeah. the, the so-called journalists yeah. that have already decided that Brett Kavanaugh is a rapist. Or what was the... What was the um, Serial sexual abuse. Oh, really? You know that? Do you really know that? Forgot to also mention Tapper with the... Yeah, we remember Clarence Thomas. There's no proof of any of this. Paul Callahan on CNN. Democratic senators attempted on this weakest of evidence to portray the judges that attempted rapists. Their strongest documentary evidence appears to be inscriptions about beer drinking on his high school yearbook. She made a very good initial impression, but failed to fill in the troubling gaps in her story. The verdict of the Senate should be that his nomination is confirmed. It should be. It just should be. But the media doesn't care. They just don't care. Two back-to-back more sound bites. No, a lot of sound bites, but this is the proof in the pudding. This is Stephanopoulos, a Clinton apologist, a man who supported a man who sexually assaulted everybody, saying women must be listened to. Then NBC decrying people for not believing a 35-year-old allegation from a dem donor being led by a Clintonite dem power lawyer brought together by Feinstein way after the fact to try to stall and not get somebody confirmed for the midterm so that maybe they can get a Democratic fucking justice because they lost the goddamn election. It does seem, though, that the president has already reached a judgment about their stories, and there does seem to be a pattern here when Roy Moore is accused, when Bill O'Reilly is accused, when Roger Ailes is accused, when Rob Porter is accused, and now when Brett Kavanaugh is accused, the president consistently, every single time, takes the side of the man. You know, it's interesting that you say that. It's um, a lot of Democrats that like to ignore Keith Ellison and Cory Booker. They love to fight and champion women until they disagree with them. We are not strangers to rooms like this one, where the unblinking eye of a television camera has allowed the people of this country to serve as the grandest of juries for over 60 years. From Senator Joseph McCarthy's search for communists, thwarted by a rhetorical question. Have you no sense of decency, sir? To the exposing of Richard Nixon's corruption in the Watergate hearings. There was a cancer growing on the presidency. The nation moved forward, having witnessed the same event, making judgments about where the truth lay. Today's hearing was held in a room with only 47 chairs in the gallery, but an audience of millions who will decide for themselves who to believe. Judge Kavanaugh steadfast in his denial. I've never sexually assaulted anyone. Dr. Ford certain it was him. 100%. The quiver in her voice, the harrowing details, the tears that nearly fell. I am here today not because I want to be. I am terrified. Telling the world is the most difficult experience of my life. Anita Hill told such a story 27 years ago, claiming Clarence Thomas sexually harassed her while she worked for him. 
He called it a high-tech lynching and was confirmed. She Mike was subjected B. to the appalling behavior of some of the Judiciary Committee members. Are you a scorned woman? Anita Hill's legacy vibrated in today's hearing. Senators careful not to attack Dr. Ford personally. In the new Me Too world, where in the past year women's stories of sexual misconduct have brought down many powerful men. And there's something else. A nation deeply divided. Can we, at this point in history, look at the same event and see the same thing? Or will the tribalism of our politics make the power of the public hearing room a vestige of the past. And here's some facts. Sean Davis, Kavanaugh's latest accuser, claims Kavanaugh raped someone on a boat in 85, repeatedly called for a military coup against Trump and said the president was guilty of manslaughter. Stephen Miller, NBC News actually ran with the anonymous letter on their broadcast. Unbelievable. This letter could have been literally come from anyone. How can you possibly complain about anyone calling the press the enemy after watching this display? Then he chronicled CNN's extremely slow update of his coverage of the fifth Kavanaugh accuser from Rhode Island who recanted his bogus story. At 9 p.m., here's the coverage while the recantation came at 7.50 p.m. CNN busted for delayed update on fifth Kavanaugh accuser story who recanted. CNN published a story about the boat accusation at 9. They tweeted about 9 p.m. The story has no mention of the accuser recanting on Twitter, which was tweeted at 7.50 p.m. Over a full hour before publishing the CNN is also saying five allegations with the Chiron. No clever parentheses again that the R.I. boat accuser is fully recanted. 10.05 tweeted out from Aaron Burnett's show account. Again, no mention that the Rhode Island boat accuser recanted the entire claim at 7.15 or 7.50. At 11.48 p.m., CNN finally updated story. Again, they published a full hour after the accuser recanted. There should have never been a need for an updated. They included an original story. None of their primetime hosts, not one of them, said anything. They also didn't say this. Committee staff have a second interview with a man who believes he, not Judge Kavanaugh, had the encounter with Dr. Ford in the summer. Then everybody, including the New York Times, ran with a letter from the ABA saying he's a horrible person and should not be a Supreme Court justice. But the problem was the ABA did not vote or say this. A person that's not even on the ABA board did because he's a Clintonite. So he wrote the letter, sent it out without confirmation, and they resent a letter saying no. But every news agency ran with that story saying that the American Bar Association says Kavanaugh's a rapist. Yeah. Why have truth? Why report truth? Like this. Think progress progress editor tweets Republicans should be confronted in their homes. Shapiro issues one hell of a warning. On Friday, Ian Milhauser, justice editor at the hard left site Think Progress, who got his law degree from Duke University, decided to wax militant regarding Republicans. Tell me again why we shouldn't confront Republicans where they eat, where they sleep, and where they work until they stop being complicit in the destruction of our democracy. Ben Shapiro, because if you confront me where I sleep in my home, it's not unlikely you get shot. See, in a civilized society, you don't get to come into my home while I'm sleeping to confront me. That's not a thing. What the actual fuck? 
Dan Bondingo, aggressive, confrontational leftist, seeking more aggression, aggressive confrontation. Keep your head on a swivel around the radical left. Then smash racism in D.C. did the deed. Breaking activists just chased Ted Cruz out of a fancy Washington, D.C. restaurant, chanting, We Believe Survivors. Cruz has been friends with Creep Kavanaugh for 20 years. Now Cruz is on the Judiciary Committee hearing his testimony, testimony fascist not welcome. And it sounded a little something like this. We believe survivors. 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 Let my wife through. We believe survivors. Forgotten We believe survivors. 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 The premises. This is a right. We're done. 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 That's very interesting. Twitter and Facebook are eager to take down or block users or violate the terms of service, but only if they have the R around them or they're conservatives. After Senator Ted Cruz was driven out of a restaurant in D.C. by a group called Smash Racism D.C., a bunch of Antifa, the activists took to Twitter and Facebook to delight in their supposed victory. On both flat- fl- platforms, the radical leftists broke several terms of service, but so far managed to escape unscathed from the social media police. On Twitter, the activists posted a lengthy series of tweets, No, you can't eat in p- peace. Your politics are an attack on all of us. Your votes are death wish. Your votes are hate crimes. After describing the protests of Ted Cruz, they said, while our interruption does not compare in scale to the interruptions and actions as a senator have had on millions of American lives, we hope this reminds Cruz and others like him that they are not safe from the people they hurt. This is a message to Ted Cruz, Brett Kavanaugh, Donald Trump, and the rest of the racist, sexist, transphobic, and homophobic right-wing scum. You're not safe. We will find you. We'll expose you. We will take from you the peace that you have taken from our lives. The Post then gave way to give McGinnis's phone number as a doxing method to protest the founder of Vice Media and host of a show in a sort of review. Twitter safety polys are very clear on this. You may not publish or post other people's private information without their express authorization and permission. There are no caveats offered. Anyone's private information is enough to be a violation. The threats also breach Twitter rules. You may not make specific threats of violence or wish for serious physical harm, death, or disease of any individual group of people. We will not tolerate behavior that encourages or incites violence against a specific person or group of people. We also take actions against content that glorifies acts of violence in a manner that may inspire others to replicate these violent acts and cause real offline danger. This is tweeted or on Facebook also. But here's the worst part. Tim Young, 
Hey, Jack, and Twitter support. Why are you allowing an account to promote video of targeting harassment of 10 crews that literally fits the the definition of what gets banned on your platform, but you're allowing it, and then it became a Twitter moment. Stephen Miller, Jack Dorsey, harassing people even while not on your platform can lead to a ban. Also, Jack... Here's my platform featuring targeted harassment account in a moment section. It was featured story over what's happening. It features the account who also later threatened crews with tweets. So Twitter, which sees its number one priority as election integrity, decided to take real-life targeting harassment against a U.S. senator's wife and give it to featured space on the platform where targeted harassment via tweet can result in a ban. Just this week, Twitter tweeted, to prove the health of public conversations, we want to address the impact dehumanizing language can have on and off platform. But Twitter made it a moment. He's going to say three weeks from now this was driven by their bots and they're continually working to improve the system. Another person, they can't help it. Their algorithms favor Antifa. Another, this is why the media is hesitant to name a shooter in an incident. It gives them attention and may inspire future attacks. Another, why glorify the harassment of a U.S. senator? Have you read the stuff on that site? It's absolutely mind control of these gullible kids. It's a terrorist site. No other way to describe it. I went through a lot on it today. Just a matter of time before someone gets unhinged and something bad happens. And it led me to this tweet. But at least Jack managed to shut down real James Wood, which is our next story. Liberal Hollywood can tweet or post whatever it wants, but when a conservative posts something, it's considered a violation, even with just a humorous meme. Actor James Wood was recently suspended for Twitter for doing just that, posting content that apparently violated Twitter's terms of service. In an email, Twitter informed Woods that a meme posted on July 20th has the potential to be misleading in a way that could impact an election. Even though Woods posted the meme with a disclaimer, it was not enough for Twitter. He was told to delete the tweet in order to regain access. He refused. The meme talked about men staying home in order to make the women vote worth more with the hashtag no men men midterm. Woods prefaced the meme with a statement, pretty scary when there's a distinct possibility this could be real. Not likely, but in this day and age of absolute liberal insanity, it is at least possible. In a statement to the Associate Press, Woods said free speech is not free speech. It's not Jack Dorsey's version of free speech. The irony is Twitter accused me of affecting the political process when in fact they're banning me as a truly egregious interference. Because now, having your voice smothered is much more disturbing than having your vocal cords slit. If you want to kill my free speech, man up and slit my throat with a knife. Don't smother me with a pillow. Ironically, Woods' girlfriend posted the same meme and was not blocked from Twitter. Woods refused to delete the tweet, saying it would be no victory if it appealed and won. And the meme was generated because it's true! It's true! They're telling people divorce. There's, uh, the, I'm about to read it. Uh, the, the feminists are saying divorce your husband of the Republican. Every election, somebody's on there saying vote against your husband. But the Yelp page is getting nailed. Uh, it looks like it was, the restaurant in question is Fiola. 
an exceedingly pricey restaurant, which Washington Post restaurant critic, critic Tom Sasima has called the most glamorous place in the city to twirl pasta. And they're getting nuked by conservatives. This isn't going to change anything. It's just not. But this rage out of the left, the rage out of Ian Milheiser. Amber Athey sums it up. Senator Ted Cruz, the latest Republican to be harassed in public incidents, became common over the summer. 618, Miller heckled. 620, Nielsen chased out of a restaurant. 622, Sanders refused service of the Red Hand. 623, Pam Bondi heckled at movie theater. And then this is just a composite of a few, not all, of the crazy protesters allowed into the Capitol and their conduct over a false accusation. Who he was, and when she walked out that door, she knew who she was. She never forgot How did she who behind? he was for 30 years. She is not looking back. Why did she survive not telling her, you misogynistic freak? So I believe in presumptuous sins, due process, I believe I believe in due process. I deserve look, look at me. So you as a human being are embarrassing humanity. What are you doing here? Why are you and do this to the women because of this country. I'm not doing anything to women in this country. Oh, really? I'm defending the presumption of oh, innocence oh, yeah. of an honorable oh, man that are, served our country how, how for 30 years. Zero complaints. Zero complaints against this record. This is such a good point. Did you not believe her? Did you How are you, my friend? I believe in due process. I believe something happened here. control philip wigman posted some of the comments left for senate judiciary committee chair chuck chuck grassley's staffers 
If you thought Grassley's note reading, good luck, Dr. Ford, was an attempt at intimidation, check out these messages. I hope you get raped so you can understand that the woman is going through. These are all to his staffers. I just want to call and tell you, oh, I'm sorry, Senator Grassley doesn't have a spine and neither do you, bitch. I just wanted to call and tell you that you are a piece of shit and Grassley is a fucking piece of shit and he can't die from a heart attack soon enough. You're a disgusting excuse for a human being and I don't know how you can live with yourself. I hope you never have children because they'll be just as worthless as you. I feel really sorry for women like you. Outside of your office, you're probably disturbed by this, but apparently you have a job to do. The Believe Women crowd sure can get nasty on a fucking answering machine. Sally Canfield, here's the thing. The people they're saying these horrible things to are likely college interns or 22-year-old staff assistants for whom this is their first job. I don't care what side you are. This is unacceptable. J.P. Steve Martin, interns more likely being anonymously verbally abused by left-wingers. Hats off to you urban urban feminists like Jill Fiplavik, because she tweeted during this time, divorce your Republican husband. Women were like, no, I want to vote the way he tells me just to piss her off. And where is it coming from? Well, we've had Maxine Waters, uh, pretty much everybody in the Democratic community has said, harass people, attack people, get in their face, don't let them do anything, ah, la, 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 la. And here's just some of the grandstanding after this hearing, including Booker's walkout. Democrats are not being heard. They're pushing through this process. And frankly, the statements yesterday were about bullying fellow senators. And from top to bottom, this has been about bullies. Listen to the people. All we have asked for is that there be an FBI investigation. Dr. Ford came in and she poured out her heart. She cooperated with the process. She gave the process dignity and respect. The least we could do is give her the dignity and respect of having a process that has credibility. We are talking about putting somebody on the United States Supreme Court for a lifetime for the sake of our democracy and the integrity of our democracy. You would think that members of the United States Senate would say, wait a minute, there's enough here to push pause. Let's reflect on what we're about to do. This is not a statement about the best of who we are in terms of a system that is about to be and is supposed to be about justice. Patriotism is love of country, and you cannot love your country unless you love all your country men and women. The goodness and the decency of Republicans and Democrats in this country is self-evident. And we demonize each other in ways that I, I, I will be and continue to be an exemplar of trying to Get our dialogue to rise to something different, to, to be a country that sees that we need each other, that there's no Democratic or Republican way to a success. There's only an American way. Allegations would be taken seriously and she would be treated respectfully. That is not what ultimately happened. As I noted in my statement yesterday, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle had their minds made up before one word was uttered. A week ago, the majority leader declared, quote, 
in the near future, Judge Kavanaugh will be on the United States Supreme Court. So, my friends, keep the faith. Don't get rattled by all this. We're going to plow right through it, end quote. This was not about ensuring a fair process. This was about doing the bare minimum. And finally, to my Republican colleagues who are so upset. They're just ratcheting it up, ratcheting it up, getting these people fired up. They want them to vote. That's their play. Somebody's going to get hurt. It won't be reported. Somebody's going to be hurt. And I bet somebody's already been hurt at these protests. But the media won't report it. They protect Antifa. They protect their resistance. The only gleaning positive that's happened since I put this podcast together, Judiciary Committee refers potential false statements for criminal investigations because they got these people so goddamn fired up, everybody started fucking lying. Think about this for a second, folks. If this was real, why did she wait till he was SCOTUS? If this was real world, the statues of limitation are well gone. If this was real world and this was a Democrat, do you think for a second what he did is rape? It's harassment if he did it, which he didn't. I believe none of this, for the record. Nothing has changed from the hearing. Nothing has changed from what she said. This is like me going out and accusing a Democrat of being anti-military. I'm biased as fuck. I believe it in my soul. Nobody would believe me. And nobody's believing her or any of them. If this was real, why did you... He's been a judge for a spell now. Good God. And Booker wrote about worse. And he grandstands and the media gives him a pass. Nobody even mentions he did the same thing Kavanaugh's accused of. Ellis did worse. Or Ellison, sorry. It's a fucking sham. It's just political kabuki theater. And in the end, you're ruining a man's entire life, and if he does get confirmed, which the experts say he will, he'll always be tainted with this bullshit. The media will never let it go. Kavanaugh was a deciding vote on this because because he's a rapist. That's pretty much what they're going to say. So... We're not doing hypocrisy today. I included it in this because this is a very long opening and it's a lot of sound bites, I understand. But the, the media is part of the machine. And if you ever question it, if you think I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, re-listen to what you just listened to. That would never happen for a Democrat nominee for fucking dog catcher. You would not be allowed to do this. There wouldn't be hearings, folks. There'd be no hearings. Just wouldn't happen. So now we're stuck in another week for the FBI to investigate nothing. And he'll be confirmed, hopefully. 
Because he's a good man who was taken down by the fucking mob, as Clavin said. So let's go down atmospheric and into our hate tweets. Even though almost everything I just read sums it up. Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. Hey, tweet of the day! Nobody knows. 
policy. First of all, you don't bash our president. I am not a Trump supporter, and he is my president. And I would never bash my president. He's still the president of the United States. If you choose to live here, you are living in the United States. Aren't you? This is still the country. He's the commander-in-chief. Ah, that's Wanda Sykes. A bunch of people walked out because all she did in her comedy stand-up was bash Trump, and they were like, fuck that shit, I'm gone. Another interesting story, and I'm doing different ones today because I figured this is where I start segueing out of politics and have a little fun on this podcast because I just want to scream. Mother of two punches Lindsay Lohan over child abduction. Uh, this is crazy. One time, Team Idol, currently in Russia, posted an unsettling video of her interacting with a family she claimed came from war-torn Syria. Hey, everyone, I just wanted to show you a family that I met, she said in the video, a Syrian refugee family that I've been really worried about. They really need help. You want to come with me? Come with me. I'll take care of you guys, she said. Can be heard saying in Arabic and English, do you want to stay in a hotel tonight? Do you want to watch movies? It would be cool to watch a movie on a TV or computer, she said to the child. You should not have them. Your son's on the floor. You you should be a hardworking woman and you should be doing what you can for your children so they can have a better life. If someone is offering them a home and a bed, which is me at the moment, give it to them and they'll t- can come back to you, Lohan further added. I won't leave until I take you. Now I know who you are. Don't fuck with me. Lohan proceeds to follow the families they set up to leave. Look what's happening. They're trafficking children. You're ruining Arabic culture by doing this. I'm with you boys. Don't worry. The whole world is seeing this, the actor adds. Are you from Pakistan? Lohan is punched in the face by the mother of the children after she attempts to arrest one of the boys. Twitteria have slammed the over-singer in connection with her latest faux pas. Wow. I'll say it. I remember when she came on. She was 18 on SNL. She was beautiful. Beautiful girl. Now she's a fucking freak. Man bites dog, pleads guilty to felony rap. Nitwit, 27, told police he injured Husky to establish dominance. Whoa. Florida man admitted buying his dog to establish dominance over the animals pleaded guilty to felony charge, but he's avoided prison time in connection with the bizarre incident according to court records. Patrick Sherrod Campbell, 27, pled guilty Friday to an animal cruelty charge and was sentenced to four years probation by Palm Beach County judge. Campbell was ordered to undergo a mental health evaluation and has been barred from possessing animals of any kind, living with anyone with animals, during his four-year probation. I did that once, by the way. So I told the wife, thank you for not throwing me in jail. We had this bitey husky. And so I bit him on the ear. Not hard. Didn't injure him. And he never bit anybody again. But I see in my youth, wow, I could have gone to jail. When fake news kills, lynching in Mexico are linked to viral child kidnapping rumors. Ricardo Flores' goal was to study hard, become a lawyer, and earn enough so that his parents could return from the United States, the destination of multitudes from his impoverished country or corner of south-central Mexico. Ricardo always said that once he was working, he was going to tell my mom to come back because he missed her so much, recalled his younger brother, Jose Guadalupe Flores. The dream came to violent end one afternoon last month after rumors began circulating on social media and the WhatsApp message service that a pair of Ro 
Bachikos, or child snatchers, were on the prowl. An enraged mob attacked Flores, 21, and his uncle, Albert Flores Morales, 56, beating them before dousing them with gasoline and burning them alive on the street outside of a police station. Which is why I'm reading this. The pair had been mistakenly suspected of child abduction, authorities said. It was like a great spell had taken over the people, he said. Handicraft shopkeeper who watched the incident, lynchamiato, or lynching, and such mob killings are known in Mexico. They were yelling, kill them, kill them! The barbaric episode, reminiscent of mob killing in India, fueled by viral messages, illustrates how in an era of proliferating smartphone use, rumors looped on social media and messaging platforms, such as WhatsApp, can generate hysteria and vigilante justice. Or... In Egypt, Egypt sends actors to jail for spreading fake news. A woman has been sentenced in Egypt two years in prison for allegedly spreading fake news after she posted a video on Facebook decrying her experience of sexual harassment in the country. The sentencing of actress Amil Fathi comes on Egypt President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi has given free reign to the country's police and judiciary to clamp down on women who complain about sexual assault and harassment in women's activist groups. The crackdown on women and feminist organizations is part of a broader government assault. Hmm. But in America, you're a piece of shit if you love a woman lawyer. Ask the questions. Because you're a man and you're not supposed to have an opinion now. Hmm. A new CD, Barbara Streisand goes after liar-in-chief, groper-in-chief. Barbara Streisand granted an interview to Billboard magazine to promote her latest record at 76 with the face of a 12-year-old because she's got it so stretched, so tight, it's probably going to break. She no longer at the peak of her singing powers, but there's a lot she wants to say. Billboard, your new song, Don't Lie to Me, seems to be directed at a certain liar-in-chief. Would that be an accurate read? Barbara Streisand, the liar-in-chief. The Groper-in-Chief. Byline, Streisand was a huge backer of Bill Clinton, even in the midst of his impeachment. Hmm. So I guess you could sexually assault people if you have a D by your dick. Got it. Actress Alyssa Milano to Cosmo, rage-filled Kavanaugh, breathed like an animal. The abortion-pushing feminist, Cosmopolitan, grabbed actress Alyssa Milano for an interview on a reaction from sitting in the hearing illegally trying to tape it being in the room with Kavanaugh's rage was what she said I couldn't see his face all I could see was him pouring water and back moving up and down as he breathed really deeply almost like an animal but I could hear him his rage and rage his anger and rage and I could feel it Kavanaugh was so volatile and emotional I was just sitting there thinking to myself a woman had acted like this during a line of questioning should be considered totally unhinged or hormonal or accused of having a meltdown or worse of being a bitch so watching him I just felt like this guy does not have the temperament to be on the Supreme Court Kavanaugh was breathing deeply trying not to break down about all the support he drew from his lifelong female friends but she can't recount it in that way she can only write about how she's going to work to impeach Kavanaugh I was all so emotional. I was sitting next to Senator Kristen Gillibrand. At one point, she passed me a tissue. I rubbed her back. It was a moment of solidarity for women who were present. It was heavy. I think of the testimonies were swapped. The Kavanaugh had gone first, and we had let after Dr. Ford's testimony. I would have felt better. But when I left, I felt defeated. 
and yet not hopeless because I believe we're going to take back the House. We're going to take back the Senate. And once that happens, I'm going to lobby my heart out to get Kavanaugh impeached. I completely and totally understand that the worst fears of sexual assault survivors have been realized. Milano's best gig these days is hosting the fashion designer reality show Project One Way, Runway All-Stars, but she's acting in a Netflix series, Insatiable. She's also working on her own TV movie titled Alyssa Milano for Mayor. I'm a fucking weirdo. I wish I could just go back to being normal. Yeah. She's a fucking freak. But our tweet of the day comes from my show that came back Friday. And the way they did the intro is tweet of the day worthy. And it goes a little something like this. No, no, I'm I'm trying to DVR my favorite show, but it's not on. Oh, well, maybe it got canceled. (laughs) You know, the TV business can be a heartless bastard. Canceled? Why would they cancel a popular show that everybody loves? (laughs) Maybe they're a bunch of idiots. (laughs) Just try another channel. Oh, no, Mike. (laughs) They don't just take a show off one network and put it on a different <laughs> Hey, there it is. You're right, Mr. B. Am I wrong or is it like way better on this network? <laughs> way better, way better. I'll be damned. I've never heard of this happening before. Well, it's pretty rare, but the show must have... A lot of loyal, kick-ass fans, huh? Love that show, and they have every right to stick their thumb back at them. I also, well, we're going to talk about it news and social media nuggets. I watched that trash, Murphy Brown. Jesus, J. Jehoshaphat. To our stats of the day, the NBC Nightly News suffers lowest rated year ever. Decline in rating during the 2017-18 TV season suffers lowest rated September to September year ever. The Lester Holt-led program still beat David Muir's in key adult demographic, marking the 22nd straight season NBC has held the advantage over ABC's World News Tonight. World News Tonight won the year in total viewers, marking the program's second consecutive win in overall eyeballs. This one was the news newscast's largest margin of victory over ni- nightly news to date. ABC newscast rose 4% from their last year, averaging 8.637 million total of viewers per night. It's best haul in 13 years. NBC version slipped to 8.153 million voters or viewers. Yeah. You know why? Because America's sick. We're sick of your shit, dude. You run stories like this. Judge asked if American first is code for racial hostility. President Donald Trump spoke to the United Nations in New York, America first. A federal judge in San Francisco wondered aloud whether slogans became being used by the president's lieutenants to camouflage discriminatory immigration policies. But you didn't cover our stat. 
Caravans of migrants continue pouring over the U.S. border. Border agents are apprehending an increased number of migrant groups that include more than 100 people on the northern side of the U.S.-Mexico border and recorded two more incidents this week. The total number of people found in large caravans wandering through southern Arizona in recent weeks now stands at 1,200, according to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Agents based at Ajo Station in south-central Arizona found a group of 164 people and another that included 100 people in the desert just north of Mexico City, Saniaota. Each person in the group was taken into federal law enforcement agents and determined to be from three Central American countries, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. The caravan members were being between the ages of 11 and 59. Human smugglers flooded a portion of the Texas-Mexico border with 170 Central American families and children last week in an attempt to overwhelm U.S. Border Patrol agents. Officials say the use of 100 and 200 people groups has become the newest way smugglers are illegally moving people into the country. The Border Patrol officials based at the southwest border who asked to be renamed, remain anonymous told Washington Examiner last week the recent caravan trend is concerning because the agency does not see it discontinuing anytime soon. The official does not believe these massive groups were traveling together through Mexico, unlike the 1,000-person caravan of Central Americans that did so in the spring. Instead, much smaller groups of migrants have traveled to Mexico border towns, and once there, smugglers form a large group that lead them into the U.S. This week, DHS reported 98 to 99% of the nearly 95,000 Central American family units apprehended in fiscal 2017 Remain in the country today. That is why we have policies. Remember, you had the chance, Democrats. You had a nonpartisan immigration bill, but you wouldn't do it. When it was brought up, you said, Oh, we can't let Rubio get this. He's running for president. You played politics. CNN founder Ted Turner also says his old network's too heavy on politics. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Maybe that's why they're in last place. And then this stat, which goes against all the crazy shit we just talked about with Kavanaugh. Boys more likely to be victims of teen dating violence than girls. Who is more likely to be victimized by teen dating violence? If you're quick to think it's girls, new data shows you're wrong. In a surprising twist, recent published research indicates boys are more likely. Researchers with the University of British Columbia and Simon Fraser University conducted a longitudinal study of dating violence. While reports of physical abuse went down over time, they say there's a troubling gender-related trend. 5% of teens reported physical abuse from their dating partners in 2013 down from 6% in 2003. But in the last year, 5.8% of boys reported dating violence compared to 4.2% of girls. It could be that it's still socially acceptable for girls to hit or slap boys in dating relationship, said lead author Catherine Schaffer. This has been found in studies of adolescents in, in other countries as well. Researchers looked at data collected from three British Columbia adolescents' health surveys conducted over a 10-year time span. Participants were 35,900 students in grades 7 through 12. This is the first in North American study to compare statistics for boys and girls. Young people who experience dating violence are more likely to act out and take unnecessary risk, and they're also more likely to experience depression and attempt suicide. 
That's why it's good to see the decline in dating violence over a 10-year span suggests that healthy relationship programs are making an impact. But you'll never see that on NBC News. You'll see this, though. Nice try. Hysterical Hollywood lefties attempt nonpartisan midterm voting ad. HBO is fully committed to making political advertisements packaged with the megawatt smiles of its stars as a partner of a nonprofit voting awareness group, Rock the Vote, which has never been nonpartisan. The cable company has produced another liberal promo ahead of the November midterm. Although there's no overt plug for either political party in the advertisement, it's hard to view it as anything other than a progressive and considering that all the featured actors share radical lefty opinions. Released on Tuesday, National Voting Day, no less, the HBO promo features stars of the company's current content lineup. Maggie Gillenall, Jeffrey Wright, Ed Harris, Camille Nahaji, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Lena Dunham all appeared on screen in their support for democratic process. The premise for this most recent promo was slightly different than previous iterations, where before you had ads with the likes of Olivia Wilde and Jamie Foxx putting on their best desperation face and imploring voters to throw away the Second Amendment, rock the vote, opted for a subtler approach. Each of the stars appeared on screen for a brief moment, but instead of saying anything, they observed a moment of silence as this year's theme was about viewers' choice being heard. After the celeb appearance, the ad read, right now, there's only one vote that needs to be heard. That's yours. The thought of rabid liberals shutting up and listening for a change was an interesting twist that seemed to make for a more conciliatory political statement. But really, it's all that believable that crazed feminists such as Dunham and Gillinghall, our hysterical never-Trumpers like Najini and Jeffrey Wright, could sit there and consciously listen to views from across the spectrum. Not really. The thoughtful and pensive demeanor display in this commercial seemed to reflect hearing regurgitated progressive statements from like-minded liberals. Does anyone believe that Lena Dunham could politely listen to anything other than a screeching affirmation that the gender wage gap is killing women? And even without open Trump shaming, one can almost still see a seething fury behind the polished celeb veneer that says, Get Trump now. Of course, this is about creating the blue wave, whether they say it or not. On the bright side, though, it sure was refreshing to change to see individuals on screen without the physical pain of their ear-grating opinions, regardless of the heavily implied political stance. It will start ratcheting up in a TV near you. So, another atmospheric, and we're playing cold today, snow. Because next week, well, excuse me, Sunday... I start the pilgrimage. My birthday's coming up. My wife, out of the blue, planned a trip to Green Bay. I'm going to Lambeau Field for my birthday just to visit it. It's a bucket list. Never done it. But damn it, it is going to be a good time. I am fucking stoked. So, listen to some cold and we go into news, social media nuggets.
Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct. And it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, right see these girls? Yeah. No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls, and they'll pop your figs. Save the whales! Yeah, he's getting the military now! Three notes and then down! Off we go into the wild blue yonder, climbing high into the sun. and be all you can be for it's an adventure for the few, the proud, the brave in military corner. And military corner, Black Knight Stop Sooners and Clean Locker Room Challenge. The Army Black Knights suffered a heartbreaking 28-21 overtime loss against number 6-ranked Oklahoma on Saturday in the Sooners' home stadium. As the game progressed, the Army hung in against a team that many picked for another national championship playoff spot. The fact is that it was on pay-per-view only in the state of Oklahoma, 55 bucks. Enraged college football fans on Twitter are hungry for what have been a massive upset. Oklahoma fans should have been rattled to find their team almost defeated in a park where the Sooners were a 31-point favorite. But it was a Black Knights post-game locker room game that really made an impression. Oklahoma City News number 9 ran a story, or Channel 9, about how clean the visitors' locker room was after the Army left the building and ran a taunting tweet from the Black Knights equipment manager. Army equipment, leave it how you found it. Thanks for the hospitality, OU football. Army fans can feel some pride. The team may not have managed to upset a a CFB powerhouse, but their locker room skills are unparalleled. Of course, this begs a disturbing question. Is Army clean locker room such a big deal? What kind of disgusting mess do other teams leave behind when they visit the Sooners? And you pretty much guess it's pretty bad, but... They are a good team this year. They beat the shit out of Buffalo, which was undefeated. And and other news is not military corner related. Ducky's bounced back good with a 
42-24 beating a Cal. My Packers shut out the freaking Bills, which isn't saying a lot. So it was a good football weekend. And more importantly, Zach, my son in Tennessee, came over and had a great Saturday. Ate bat food, watched a really good game with Clemson, which they barely won. Um, that whole <clears throat> other quarterback left stuff, that was some freaking heavy-duty oops. Probably shouldn't have done that. He would have gotten the game. Other military news. MQ-9 gets first air-to-air kill in a training exercise. So it's killing other raptors or reapers. Interesting. F-35 combat debut in Afghanistan consisted of two bombs destroying a weapon cache. Also had a crash last week, which isn't cool. Army is in a market for a new infantry squad vehicle. The U.S. Army wants to know which defense firms are capable of producing a lightweight infantry squad vehicle that can be carried in battle by helicopter. The product lead, Ground Mobility Vehicles, is conducting a market survey for new production of the infantry squad vehicle, according to a September 24th source sought solicitation posted on the government contracting website FedBiz. Citation states that the Army wants to buy new vehicles along with hardware and services at a total of quality of around, quantity, excuse me, of 2,065 vehicles. The ISV should have the capability to transport a nine-man infantry squad with associated equipment to move around the close battle area and should be transportable by all means, including vertical lift, CH-47, and Blackhawk, the solicitation states. This is a separate effort from the Joint Army Marine Corps Joint Light Tactical Vehicle Program. The Army plans to field more than 49,000 JLTVs made by Oshkosh Corp to replace a large portion of its outdated Humvee fleet. So that'll be interesting to see what it comes out with and what are we doing with all these mules and whatever the hell they call them things. They got all those <clears throat> IED vehicles. Um, interesting. Lastly, a sad thing, um, the RAND Corporation recently summarized some of the findings from a Defense, Defense Department survey on military health. They found that they're overweight, in pain, and taking sleeping aids. Overall, 19.4% have said they had more sexual, more than one sexual partner in a year. 6.1% identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or trans. And that's the 5.4 gay, 0.7% trans, and we freak out over 6.1%. That is a perfect breakdown of what the... Comp- positives of gay people in the country but you would think on our media everybody's gay democrats want us all to be gay but whatevs 61.3 percent have been deployed which is quite a downturn from what it used to be 9.9 are fit the criteria of ptsd 37.8 percent have chronic pain i would have been one of those at the end of my career Last four, I had chronic pain. 1.4 report of suicide attempt, 8.6 take sleeping meds, and 65.7 are overweight. That's horrible. But remember, in the military, I came out with about, in the end, 16 to 18% body fat, which is fat. My youth, it was 10, 11%. Because I was supposed to weigh 178 pounds, but I came out of the womb over 178 pounds. So, sweet Jesus. No, not happening. Um, at 5'10", you're supposed to be uber skinny. And uh, as stated in previous podcasts, if I walk past a scale, I got taped, which was the way the Army did it, neck and waist, three times. 
the average of the three and there's a math thing and basically get a big neck do some weightlifting or get some jowls and eat a lot of fucking pork rinds and you'll pass that's what i did at the end so we're gonna go into college crazy rarely do i use a soundbite but this one is from england and it's a kindergarten class i believe being told to do a gay love letter Oh, Prince Henry, you're going to tell Thomas White it's a brilliant idea for him to marry you. They're going to go out into that world and find this diversity around them and they'll find that at a young age as well. And the more they can be accepting at this age, you're not going to face it further on because the children will be accepting will be accepting this diversity around. Where I come from, we call that brainwashing. Oh Lord, let the kids be kids and you can push your fucking liberal diatribe on them when they're in high school. What is wrong with you? Sorry, need something to drink. That one was tough to take. Purdue gets $3 million federal grant for diversity in veterinarian medicine. The school plans on using the funds to address what infuses a scarcity of vets in certain fields as well as underrepresented groups in the profession. Some students, as well as the school's Turning Point Chapter USA, are not so pleased. Here's what my wife said. I think she's a pretty good judge. She works at a pet store. I don't think the fucking dog cares of the person's white, black, pink, gay, straight, Muslim, Christian, atheist, or even dressing in drag and thinking they're trans. The dog just wants to get the fuck out of the vet. I know, you're crazy. California University ditches offensive gold rush theme mascot. Yeah. Yeah, I said that. California State University Long Beach announced on September 20th that it will retire Prospector Pete mascot after a decade-long debate over the figure's political correctness. Opponents of the mascot say Prospector Pete is offensive because he represents a time in California history when violence was used against Native Americans. Those who support retiring the mascot say the tool should avoid using a person or group of people for its next mascot so as to not offend anybody in the future. While Prospector Pete is not representative of any one particular person with a history of violence, he's a character meant to represent a character of the typical Gold Rush Prospector, the 49ers. Prospectors are believed to be responsible for the killing of indigenous people during the university. The mascot originates from a statue formerly named the 49er Man, erected on campus in 1967. The university notes that the statue was erected before the EOP existed at CSULB and brought about a more diverse student population. And a population of college says, found the prospector offensive. So I guess the 49ers can no longer be the 49ers either. As our diversity grew, they go on, more voices were heard. We became to know that the 1849 California Growing Rush was a time in history when indigenous peoples of California endured subjugation, violence, and threats of genocide. President Jane Close 
Conley. If you got a hyphen name, you're a douchebag. Today, the spirit of the inclusivity is reflected in our students, faculty, staff, alumni, and community. Today's beach is not connected to that era. The choice of mascot does not mean that we agree with the actions ideal prominent during the gold rush, but simply that the year we found were founded, the region we're located in coincidentally correlated with the historic event. Odyssey added, adding that a mascot symbol or other animated object certainly doesn't have the power to exclude or disempower anyone, contra contrary to what James Cunley implied. You know, I remember some indigenous people fucking some people up too. You know, if we go back in time and trying to redo everything we've ever fucking done, we're probably going to run into some problems, folks. And with the current rate of victimization classes coming out of the left, you won't be able to have a fucking mascot. Because everything's offensive. This, to me, sums up our colleges. Class canceled. Students excused for Kavanaugh accusers. Moment of silence. Yes. Mississippi State of all places. Professors cancel class or excuse students so they can attend a moment of silence for Brett Kavanaugh accuser. In one case, students were even encouraged to attend the moment of silence or participate in any anti-Kavanaugh social media campaign. Campus reform attended the moment of silence where more faculty members than students showed up. That doesn't surprise me. MSU, multiple MSU faculty and staff members attended the silent protest which was focused on the Kavanaugh sexual assault claim, but only a few students attended. There was no class today. Faculty and staff members, most of them wore black, held signs saying, we believe Dr. Christy Blasey Ford, if you got I for name, you're a douchebag, me too, and believe survivors. There is no class today. The professor emailed the students at 12 p.m. on Monday, September 24th. There will be a national walkout in support of Dr. Blasey Ford and all survivors of sexual violence. Professor, professors encourage students who could not attend the protest to get involved using social media instead. Let's just read it. Dear students, I understand that there is a scheduled political demonstration today on Dr. Drill Field as well as City Hall at noon. And I have been asked about whether this is an excused absence for class. It can count as an excused absence under the following conditions. You will be responsible for getting the notes from class from a colleague and covering the material yourself. Addendum. I'm happy to answer questions at office hours or by appointment. You must document your attendance at the protest, for example, sending a selfie response to this email shortly after the conclusion of the demonstration. So basically, they made it either go to this... Oh, you need an excused absence. But I'm canceling class because I am not a professor who wants my students to think for themselves. I make them think what I think. It's so bad on campus, this one cracks me up. University president apologized for video of him chugging beer. Missouri State University, or excuse me, Southeast Missouri State University, President Carlos Vargo Alberto issued an apology, apology for a recent online video of him chugging out of a beer bong at a campus gathering. Somebody said, that's my president, and thought it was positive. He got shamed and probably worried about losing his fucking job, so he said, I'm so sorry I did this. Kennesaw State reverses course on gender-neutral restroom brochure. 
Kennesaw State University removed its logo from a pamphlet showing the locations of gender-neutral restrooms on campus. The American Studies Student Organization opposes the university decision to remove the pamphlet, calling on the university presidents to come out in support of LGBTQEIEIO Cosana Forum students. But one student spoke with Campus Ford said the university should not be involved in the issue at all. In the article, um, students' organization published a statement declaring that these resources should be made available online once again, and that Kennesaw State University President Dr. Pamela Witten and her administration needs to come out and support LGBT. BTQ. We deeply value the broad range of experience and perspectives our students bring to KSU and remain steadfast in our commitment to promote a supportive and inclusive environment where all students can be successful, Vice President of Student Affairs said, according to the Sentinel. Yeah, you know, whatever. Georgia State Republican Representative Earl Earthart also weighed in on the controversy, later referring to the pronouns pamphlet that was attached to it that I'm not reading because it's the same old shit as a set of fantasy language, language, calling it problematic and declaring that others may not find it appropriate. But fuck them people. They're all fucking homo transphobes, right? This one went over great. Nobody had a problem. Didn't even make our news. Feminist pours bleach over 60 men's crotches to fight man-spreading. You publicly show what kind of macho you are. We will publicly cool you off. Feminist activist and Russian law student Anna Nogalachiko has taken to pouring bleach and water mixture on the crotches of unsuspecting men on the St. Petersburg metro for their anti-feminist sin of man-spreading. How this fights the patriarchy patriarchy, exactly remains unclear. In a video manifesto, Dovaluku, whatever the fuck, dumps the mixture contained in the water uh, onto over 60 men's crotches. Most are too stunned to react, but others attempt to confront her for a born action. This solution is 30 times more concentrated than the mixture used by housewives when doing laundry, she claims in the video. It eats color in the fabric in a matter of minutes, leaving indelible stains. Manspreading is a disgusting act that is being fought around the world, but hushed up here. This is my new video manifesto dedicated to the problem of manspreading. The disgusting act that is being fought with around the world and is hushed up in us. Men demonstrating their alpha manhood in the subway with women and children around deserve contempt. If you publicly show that kind of macho you are, we will publicly pull you up. Name or tactics seem unfamiliar. You'll likely think of her upskirting stunt last year as the law student stood in the middle of a crowded public space with her dress pulled up past her waist to expose her underwear. Apparently meant to combat men filming up their skirts or upskirting. So destroying their clothes and giving them a rash on their dick is going to fix things? I think not. Radical vegans, I never thought I'd say that, strike fear into the hearts of butchers. The stone slabs crashed in their butcher shop window last week. Elizabeth Cure became the latest victim of radical vegans who are trying to force a change in eating habits and traditionally meat-loving French. The attack in a quiet town of saint alain and yves 50 kilometers southwest of Paris, took place at 3 a.m. like my French, because I don't even know what the fuck I just said, but it's not what it's called. 
As in other similar incidents around France over the last year, her tormentors left a telltale tag scrawled on the front shop. In the repression. That's how I knew it was radical vegan. Incidents of vandalism and intimidation have reached such a level that the country's Butchers Confederation, representing 18,000 businesses, sound the alarm publicly in June. Since the start of the year, we've seen 17 butcher shops, windows destroyed, and dozens of acts of vandalism. Jean Francois Gillard, head of the CFBCT Confederation, told AFP, the state needs to take necessary steps, characterizing the campaign against meat producers as a form of terrorism. Animal genocide? Health scares, higher prices, and growing awareness about unanimal rights have led to a gradual fall in meat consumption in France since the 90s, but most natives remain proudly carnivores. And the country that brought the world beef bourgeois, coq en van en foie gras, vegetarianism, particularly veganism, remains marginal, with most French children still fed meat four days a week at school. But these wahoos say it's genocide. Although no groups have been blamed for the recent attacks, butcher shops, activist networks such as L2114, 269 Life, France, or Bourgeois Abolition are at the forefront. The latter group fights for the abolition of the genocide called butchery. Spokesman Sauvain Halon told AFP, Animal breeding should not be a career. The methods of rearing animals are violent and amount to persecution. You touch my fucking steak, I'm punching you in the face. That's all I'm saying. Now, last night I had steak stir fry. It was fucking New York strips. It was delicious. Original nasty woman, Murphy Brown, returns with Hillary Clinton cameo. I want to tell you right now. This was a total knockoff of Roseanne, where she wakes up in horror. And then they start their show... And then Hillary Clinton comes in for an interview to become a secretary. And I just stared at my TV and said, no, I'm not watching this shit. FBI premier tackles, wait for it, white supremacists. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I started this show and I liked it. You know, we're trying to find new shows this year. Um, At the end, I'll talk about one that I really, really liked. I was really impressed with it. But this show, man, it it just shows the amount of pressure Hollywood feels from the left. And I know they're all lefties, but it's the amount of pressure they do. The show starts off with a MS-13 guy involved in bombings. And by the show's ending... It's not them doing the terrorism like happens in real life where they're killing people and chopping their fucking heads off in our country and crazy shit. No, no, it's a white supremacist that paid MS-13 to do this because they want to start a race war or some shit. It was like the most inane attempt to be politically correct. And I was disgusted because it was a great show. There was good acting. Me and the wife are into it, and then I said, watch, they're going to blame it on Whitey. Boom, it was Whitey. And I just want you to think, when was the last time white supremacists blew anything up in America? When was the last time that MS-13's done crime in America? I think if you sum it up, the latter 
does more danger than white supremacists. But in Hollywood, because they're evil, we must blame them. We can't blame Latinos because we'll know the backlash. We can't blame Antifa. We can't blame anything. You know, we still have to try to go with the 1970s bombing of abortion clinics instead of talking about the millions, the, the hundreds of the, the hundreds of millions fucking killed in our country since that bombing. No, we don't talk about that. That's not important because we don't want to deal with the backlash like this. I have said on this show probably a hundred times. It's like I raped a panda in a parking lot. Man, that team got raped. Holy shit, man. It's fart rape. It's an actual thing. It's okay to say fart raping. UMass head coach Mark Whipple suspended after saying Ohio raped us. One game without pay. UMass football coach Mark Whipple used an insensitive expression after his team's 58-42 loss to Ohio Saturday and it will result in a one-game suspension. According to Matt Vatour of Mass Live, the coach said the Ohio defense raped us while complaining about the officials. The school responded by spending him for one week without pay while also ordering him to take sensitivity training. Whipple and athletic director Ryan Bamford provided a statement on the incident where he did the perp walk for saying, man, they raped us as a figure of speech. Not real. A figure of speech. And that's how far Me Too has gone. So I guess if somebody hears me on this and I say, rape the panda, or man, that defense raped them. I will not be able to have dessert. Is that what's going to happen? I don't get dessert anymore, or I don't have to just eat oats, oatmeal. I mean, you fucking people. There's context. You don't apply the context to liberals, but everybody else, fuck them motherfuckers. And you attack them, and they get in trouble. Huh. Okay. This one... As we segue out of our college crazy. Man killed in freak car crash after trying to get his food at a jack-in-a-box. As the story goes, he missed the turn, got out but left the car in reverse, and got crushed between himself and his car door. Or the wall in the car door. And he died trying to get a goddamn ultimate cheeseburger. What a fucking way to go out. I mean, I was just in shock when I read this. Fucking horrible. Cannibal wife suspected of eating up to 30 people's fucking faces. Jailed over waitress murder. Woman reportedly confessed to killing and eating dozens of victims with her husband's faces up to 15 years in jail. Was convicted. Natalia Bakashiva, 43, has been charged on one count of goading her spouse into murdering one of the victims. Her husband, Dmitry Bakashiva, 35, nicknamed Devil, is suffering from tuberculosis and his role in the macabre Russian murder and cannibalism case will be dealt with at a later hearing. Police found a gruesome collection of steamed and frozen human remains from their final victim, 
35-year-old waitress in the couple's kitchen in Casanardo, southern Russia. At least one jar with pickled human remains and 19 slices of skin was found. Oh my god. What is wrong with Russia? Do you guys not have meat over there? Is the French thing moving over to Russia now and you guys are scared to eat meat? Because I think eating human meat would be okay with vegans because they fucking hate people. Especially if it's a white person. If you ate a white person, you'd be fucking good to go. But eating the face? Me and the wife joked about it. Maybe it's succulent. Maybe fit face meat is really tasty. But I... Wow. Whoa. And our last story, I think it's our last story, yeah, it's our last story. Little too late, Fonda will go to my grave regretting Hanoi Jane. Jane Fonda has a new biopic being released on Netflix this week called Jane Fonda and Five Acts. So of course sat down for a tell-all with USA Today to talk about her life and limelight. Her struggle with insecurity and the infamous anti-war photo prompting millions to dub her Hanoi Jane. Published on Monday, the article presented the profile of a woman who hadn't, until recently, ever felt comfortable in her own skin. Fonda details how her early suicide of her mother, the aloofness of her father, and the pressure of life behind the camera led to a difficult and insecure life. Maybe the fact that she grew up a bit unmoored and unsure about herself contributed to the fact that she got behind lefty progressive activism. USA Today wrote that Fonda is often identified with the progressive political activism most memorably expressed in her opposition to Vietnam War. Fonda's visit to North Vietnam drew fire and fierce pushback that exists today, as it should. She gave aid and comfort to American enemies in the form of PR coup. She broadcast communist propaganda to the U.S. military personnel, and the NNVA stopped beating seven, even, seven American POWs long enough there for her to be filmed meeting them. Then, of course, is the infamous picture of Fonda sitting behind a North Vietnamese anti-aircraft gun, peering up the sights just like her host did when the U.S. warplanes appeared overhead and went beyond anti-war and into treason. Second decades for Hanoi Jane has admitted that it was a dumb move. She told USA Today, I'm naive and I make mistakes, adding that it was a betrayal. I'll go to my grave regretting it. The rest of the article details how Fonda has developed into a quintessential snowflake. Of course, it was all about how her life growing up was so hard. She mentioned the crippled self-doubt stemming from having an absent father to preoccupied with his Hollywood career. These kind of men aren't always good fathers, she claimed. She also went on to talk about how impossible beauty standards in the 70s took a toll, mentioning her battle with bulimia. Clearly, nothing Fonda faced was terrible as the horrors experienced by U.S. soldiers she mocked. But kudos to USA Today to try to spin the tragic tale of pressure-facing rich and famous socialite as a natural pretext to traitorous action. Maybe Fonda's SOB or SOP story can convince a new generation to see her in a different light. However, most people will likely agree you don't take sides with the MPA in order to get daddy's attention or to protest the era's extreme beauty standards. That's how great America is. You can go do that and you don't lose your citizenship. Whereas if I was president, her, Sean Penn, Alec Baldwin, I think he did, all those motherfuckers that went over and sided with Saddam and everybody else, you would go away. And Sean Penn pretty much has. I think... In the end, it's good that we're this way. 
but at the same time, that's fucking beyond the pale. Two, our lighter fare, and I'm just going to go straight into it. <clears throat> CNL skit, SNL skit, excuse me, that we already talked about. 80s party. And how now, everything counts. Fenster, a frat party? Come on, Hank, it's homecoming weekend. You have to party. Yeah, I should be studying. Come on, Dorcas, live a little. Oh, welcome to the funhouse, nerds. Homecoming weekend. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Hank, this'll be a night we'll never forget. This party's crazy. Look around, freshmen. Nothing we do tonight matters. No consequences! <laughs> Sorry, guys. Turns out we couldn't get beer. Oh. But we got Kissing. I live for this stuff, boys. Man, I'm not gonna get stuck in this town. I'm going places. Hey, Agnes, I got you a present. You guys! 20 bucks, my dude! Ew, I can't believe I did that! Me neither! <laughs> Did you hear that the Gooch kissed Agnes the Hagnes? Ugh, that guy is such a skis. Yeah, stay away from him. Hey, everybody! People are going to be talking about this party for the rest of our lives. And when they do, remember that I, Andrew Goocherman, did this. Memorize these nuts! Maybe that was a moment of honesty from SNL. I doubt it, because as I stated, the rest of the goddamn show was a steaming pile of liberal bullshit. So to our last new show I wanted to talk about, uh, last night, um, as I put on the show, my wife and I both love America's Funnest Home Video. We watched it, and then we were looking for something to watch, so we started watching Frozen, but a few minutes in I realized, I'm a male, I'm about to be 51, yeah, this is wrong. So he flipped to the new show, God Friended Me. And I got to be quite honest, I was shocked to see it on CBS. I'm shocked it even became a show. But there's some religious implications. They still get to present their atheism bullshit because the main character is an atheist. His father is a preacher. He lost his mother to cancer. So he turned away from God and... Though the podcast and serious radio is going to bring them on, which makes total sense because they probably would love some atheist podcast over there because they do have BYU radio and a bunch of other Catholic radio, yada, yada, yada. So an atheist radio would be right down. They might have one. I just don't know it. You know, I have 
serious and like every fucking device I own, but <clears throat> I'm not searching for it. But by the end, it was very interesting because God friended him. He ignored it. He thought it was catfishing. And then he referred him to people. He saves a guy's life. He helps another girl who ends up getting hit. And then the guy that he saved saves her. And there's like, there's linking that God was putting people in his way so he could help them. And this guy flips to, well, there's got to be something out there as the co-star, a very pretty young girl, states, well, I'm not super religious, but I do believe there's a higher being doing something or else this is kind of silly. Which I think is the religious grounds for most of the country, you know, other than the atheist. Um, So we're watching it just to support it. Um, I'm sure I'll find more negative anti-religious diatribes in this than religious diatribes because we really haven't talked religion um but it's interesting that something like this even gets on tv nowadays because as i wax poetic on this podcast all the time being a christian in america is tough now Uh, you are automatically marked you're evil because the democrats don't like christians because they don't vote for them so we have made a cottage industry of bashing christians supporting every other religion other than Catholicism, which of course is just pedophilia now because of the instance that have happened. So everybody who's a Catholic is a pedophile, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it still intertwines with what I talk about. The Latino vote wasn't what they thought it is, but they forget the Latinos are families, hard workers. They're not shirkers like you who have all day to go protest because you don't have a fucking job and you're living in your mom's basement or living in a fucking commune. Every day watching CNN, hoping Trump gets hit by a fucking bus. And the religious, the religious people. I know very few Latinas who weren't religious. In fact, I can't name one in all my time. So, yeah. As promised, we're going to close on a positive because I think Lindsey Graham sums up normal America conservative America and his rant pretty much sums up the difference between what is acceptable for conservative nominees for anything and what is acceptable for lefties and how the Democrats who talk about proper decorum and Chuck Todd waxes about how the norms are all fucked up. When it comes time to SCOTUS, you can't name a time that a liberal nominee wasn't vetted, but not attacked. And you can name a hundred times that conservatives are raked over the coals and treated like Kavanaugh. At 923... On the night of July the 9th, the day you were nominated to the Supreme Court by President Trump, Senator Schumer said, 23 minutes after your nomination, I will oppose Judge Kavanaugh's nomination with everything I have. I have a bipartisan, and I hope a bipartisan majority will do the same. The stakes are simply too high for anything less. Well, if you weren't aware of it, you are now. Did you meet with Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? 
I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham. That you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process? You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Do you consider this a job interview? The advice and consent role is like a job interview. You consider that you've been through a job interview? I've been through a process of advice and consent under the Constitution. Which Would you has, say you've been through hell? I, I've been through uh, hell and then some. This is not a job interview. Yeah. This is hell. This, this, this is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life, not one accusation. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. And all of a sudden, you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. Here's my understanding. If you lived a good life, people would recognize it like the American Bar Association has the gold standard. His integrity is absolutely unquestioned. He is the very circumspect in his personal conduct, harbors no biases or prejudices. He's entirely ethical, is a really decent person. He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person, the ABA. The one thing I can tell you you should be proud of, Ashley, you should be proud of this, that you raised a daughter who had the good character to pray for Dr. Ford. To my Republican colleagues, if you vote no, you're legitimizing the most despicable thing I have seen in my time in politics. You want this seat? I hope you never get it. I hope you're on the Supreme Court. That's exactly where you should be. And I hope that the American people will see through this charade. And I wish you well. And I intend to vote for you. And I hope everybody who's fair-minded will. Uh, Senator Whitehouse. The worst part about that rant, 
Nobody in the media will have the balls to do it. They're too invested to help the Democrats take power of this country because of their like-minded policies that they support it, they promote it, and they're part of the attacks. It doesn't matter what it is, they will always support it. And they'll never call the Dems out for their lack of decorum. What the Democratic Party has done since November 9th, 2016, has made a whole bunch of people, including this podcaster right here, never vote Dem again. I never thought they could do worse than what they did in Afghanistan and Iraq when we started these wars by voting for it and then using it to capitalize and try to win the presidency and win power back by saying, oh, even though all this time we've said that there was WMDs and Saddam Hussein is a terrible human being, you are horrible, there's no WMDs, he lied, people died. But since November 9, 2016, they've taken it to a new level of low. And I just want you to know, the most amazing thing about this This will never happen to a Democrat nominee. They will never do this. It'll never be grand scale. Fox will never run 24-hour lies on their Chiron. It'll never happen. Yet you just set the bar again, Dems. Progressives. Resistance. You just set the bar again for low, divisive politics. Not only has the media purported all these false accusations, ran with it like he's a gang rapist. You've disparaged people that don't agree with you. American voters who don't concur that this woman who sat on this for 36 fucking years is just supposed to be believed without any corroborating evidence no witnesses and that there should nothing should ever happen to the rest of them that lied and brought up false accusations. We're the pieces of shit. When you don't apply this to Keith Ellison, Booker, Alec Baldwin, or anybody else on the left, I mean, I remember the SNL guy in Minnesota. He never got railroaded. There was proof of him pretending to grab a woman's boobs. You told us he's an ally. But now, Kavanaugh, with no proof, is a pedophile racist, a rapist. Really. You have no shame in your game. You're pathetic. And I understand the Democrats. This is who they are. And they don't get their way to the petulant school child. But the media has stooped to a new low. This is why you're not trusted, Chuck Todd, Chris Saliza. This is why you're not trusted. You convict people who are conservative. They're not presumed innocent. And then you disparage everybody that it supports them. Okay. Yeah. We're supposed to trust you. When all that comes out of your mouth is vote Democrat. 
Democrat causes are just. Conservative causes kill minorities and old people. Yeah, that's that's the sum of what you broadcast. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends. Send comments or suggested for segments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. FOP Podcast, gmail.com. You get the show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to check out the Flyover Politic webpage at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. FOP podcast.com it's a theme to see links to feeds for the show links to our facebook page and email us there you see a link to every episode on the episode release page my intent is to do a podcast on the fifth this time i'm going to do it i have all week to do it and then i'm going to go dark for a while because as stated i will be in um wisconsin the following week for a week in beautiful green bay Gonna do some junkin', the tour, go in the atrium, and my mommy's gonna let me go into doggone the Packer Pro Shop with a credit card. That's a pretty good birthday present. Plus, I'll be bringing home coolers full of cheese, curds, and brats. I'm gonna brat the fuck up because I do like Johnsonville brats, but I had a soldier once who lived in Wisconsin. He came back and brought me about five or six bratwurst that took me weeks to digest just one bratwurst it was such artful meatses it was just fabulous so ensure you have a good week this week stay cool or stay warm because it's starting to come my daughter's in Monroe. they already got snow which is unbelievable and checking the wisconsin weather yeah i'm gonna be wearing jeans and packing a jacket Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs and tune back in on Friday for another exciting episode of Flower Politic Podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Remember to check out our website at foppodcast.com. And remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.
Monster every day!